Hey friends, what you're about to hear is a podcast that I recorded live on stream to celebrate Planetside 2's 10th anniversary with the community. This is something that I wanted to do in order to give back to the scene. I wanted to give people the chance to call in and tell me their Planetside story. Give us a chance to learn from each other, both from their experiences in-game and, if they wanted to, their experiences outside the game. Planetside 2 has been around for 10 years, and the Planetside IP has been around for almost 20. And in that amount of time, people's lives have changed. My life has changed. Has your life changed? I'd love to hear your story. Feel free to share it with me, either on Discord or in a comment here on this here video. And uh, enjoy the podcast. First up is a quick conversation with Lanzer. He's a fellow content creator on the Planetside scene, a podcaster, and he's been working on a series of videos where he shows off his thought process behind piloting a Vanguard, a tank, in Planetside 2. And we chatted a little bit about that. Enjoy. Yo. Hey, Lanzer. <laughs> What's up, man? How's it going? It's going all right, dude. It's going all right. Planting my flag in the sand and saying, I don't care how fucking weird my life is right now. I'm going to keep talking about planet side. Here I am. <laughs> yeah. How are you, I dude? You on that. I'm good, man. Life is life is good. Yeah. How have you been? You've put out some pretty interesting videos lately about finding yourself and talking about stories. It's, it's been mm. very human. Hmm. You know, I've I've been really uh quite feeling feeling quite humanized in recent months. Just been dealing with a lot. Huh. Uh you know, yeah. I'm not trying to play for sympathy, but I got laid off from my job, my wife got sick, my cat got sick, uh half of our house got flooded, and uh all pretty much at the same time. So I've just been dealing with a lot a lot of stress. That's a lot, man. That's a lot to take in. Yeah, yeah. I mean I'm grateful that that I have the support that I do, and I have a lot of people who who are out there thinking about me and willing to lend a hand. And... Yeah, my thoughts and prayers are with you, Deke. Appreciate you that. and your wife. Yeah, your we're cat. gonna be okay. Oh, she, <laughs> I'm sure she'd appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're we're gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay. I, I don't want to make too big yeah. of a deal of it. If I'm totally honest, but I don't know. I just um. I kind of just got a feeling and decided to sit in front of the camera and see if anything came out. And it kind of did. And, uh, it did, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it's something that I might continue doing. We'll just have to see. Uh, speaking of so content what? though, man, you've been, you've been pumping it out lately. Your, your tanker videos, you've been doing more and more <laughs> podcasts. You're talking to Kamikaze on your channel in a few minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll be calling him here in about five minutes and setting it up and going at it. But, yeah, I hit an inspiration, like a motivated sprint of tanker videos because I was, I don't know, it was one of those don't bring a problem, bring a solution sort of thing. And I sure. just know that there aren't enough tanker videos. And at first it just started out, actually, Lex, your fault, because I know you're in the chat right now. You're the <laughs> one who challenged me <laughs> to, um, uh, when we were talking in our part one video, where he said that he had deleted his infantry play-by-play -play and that he didn't see any tanker ones. So I, I, I created one, and that was my right. first thought for it. Right. 
and then just kind of expand after that. And I just kept going with it. Yeah. What? What? Tell Tell me about them. I've I've caught a couple of them, but like, what's what's the through line? Is I've seen you do so so many of them. Are you like covering different things every time? Are you like yeah evolving yeah, your it, approach? Like, wh what does it look like? Well, at first it was a play by play, and that's mm. just a stream of consciousness playing as a tanker. All the things that I think about as I'm tanking, mm. and then it started evolving into play styles. Like then then it was playing aggressively and what I think about when I play aggressively or playing defensively and what I think about. And then I did one about um, Solo Colossus. I think I did nine VODs on Solo Colossus where I would just Colossus. grab Colossus, be a solo player on it, and just go out and play. And then I got kind of good at it by the end of it. What's so, it like playing uh, a Solo Colossus? It seems like it's a bit of a one-man band kind of thing. Yeah. Normally you want to have a whole support team uh -huh. but it kind of goes against conventional wisdom to only do it solo but we had plenty of resources and, and we weren't really using them so i just started doing solo and trying and figure out which modules were the best and i, I think i ended up figuring it out just by sheer hours of playing and driving it mm -hmm. and when i couldn't mm -hmm. rely on anyone else but myself how i, I fared pretty well i lasted mm. a long time mm. for many of them so that's what it started to expand into. And then I did a VOD about construction and kind of like a fast base. And then I did one on like the plateaus of Hassan and I actually got to flail bases, just kind of VODing that out to explain what to look for and, and what I look for at least. Cool, man. Then I then the JGX came out and I went all ham on that. I tried to make that's the new... I tried to side it in mathematically with artillery strikes and, and so I got kind of close, but I haven't quite got it yet. That's the new uh, NC tank gun, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's kind of like a mix between uh, uh, an AP round and and a heat round. It, it's kind of in an unhappy medium there, mm. but it does so mm. much damage when you hit and splash. Uh, but the cool thing is, it has just enough arc to where I can hit you from behind a hill and you don't even see me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure been, people uh, love. I, getting hit from you from the other side of hills <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well the good news is is um i haven't quite figured out all the way yet that some of the, the meter ranges are still off with the reticles but sure working sure. on it and that, that's kind of what the vod has turned into it's just tanking in general what do you do and what do you then there was a vod about as an engineer what what implants are better than others or helps keep you alive longer mm -hmm. that sort of stuff mm -hmm. Have you done any videos about like the philosophy of tanking? Like why, not, not how to tank, but why to tank? No, I haven't. And mm. I should, I didn't even think about that until just now. Mm. Yeah, That's an easy go. one to do. Okay. That's for free, man. <laughs> yeah. Thanks Deke. Yeah, man. I kind of went in on it with the uh, Aflick when we did our podcast a couple weeks ago and right. we kind of got into the philosophy of tanking and, and infantry. It was a really what was good one. We're going to do on, another one. On all of it. On, on the tanking stuff what did he say he thinks that there should be more of a limiting factor to it yeah and uh by the end of it though i mean he he wasn't sold on it like we we had enough to change each other's minds and i, I think he changed mine a little bit as well but he ended up saying like you know maybe a timer maybe more resources and then we got into the conversation of why why was that the case and i think he wasn't tracking to some of the reasons why i tank and some other people tank he mm -hmm. was thinking like the general 
oh, you just want to spam and and destroy hash and just infantry and like most tankers aren't doing that. It's mm. mm-hmm. yeah, we we really don't want to be farming infantry. Mm-hmm. And like yesterday and last night with the new patch, I wasn't. I was fighting more armor than I have in years. Mm. It was it was splendid. I didn't even want to look at infantry. That's the beautiful thing about new content in this game is because you have a whole bunch of people who come back and play who are not playing in like a super duper optimized way the most the way most daily planet side players do yeah. and so you can just like relax a little bit and not have to, to yeah, claw exactly. so hard of, to keep um, yourself being in the bottom of the food chain you know yeah there were a lot of players i haven't seen in a long time pop up yesterday mm-hmm. it, it was really cool to see and the game looks so good now. I, I turned off potato settings about two months ago, and I uh-huh. voted that as well. Uh-huh. Um, and and I've just been playing on Ultra, and, I've, and the game looks excellent. Mm. I forgot how good this game looks on high settings. It, mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of, it's really interesting. Yeah. So anyways, per- that's what I've been up to. That's cool, man. Voting like crazy on, on, on subjects and kind of niches that I haven't really seen too much about. And that's mainly construction and, you know, lightning JGX and then vanguarding mm-hmm. and then Colossus. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, very well, good. Thanks, Steve. I'm, I'm good to talk to you, man. Hey, really it's good, good to hear from to you too, man. Enjoy your conversation with Kami. Thanks, Steve. Adios. See you later, man. So if this podcast were a hamburger, the series of conversations you're about to hear are undeniably its meat. I had the privilege of catching up with a handful of the leaders who coordinated on behalf of their outfits and communities the anniversary flyby event for Planetside 2's 10th anniversary, celebrating being in the skies of Araxis for 10 years. This event was embedded within the Extra Life charity drive, and we discussed that, of course. But predominantly, this series of conversations focuses on the value that uh, Zerg fits, as they're often called, and the value that they provide to the Planetside 2 community for giving a place for new players to call home, for allowing the players to have a sense of agency in contributing to the new player experience that anyone trying out Planetside gets to have, and how important that is enjoy exactly exactly well speaking of falling i just watched a few bastions fall from the sky i would love to hear uh from whoever wants to start a little bit more about what we just saw like this this event what what was this why were those bastions flying around and not shooting each other what's the deal yeah i i mean uh it, it started out as one of the milestones right dig uh skl is running charity this year for extra life and uh we started out with a 3000 milestone that was supposed to be like our end goal right try to get 3000 for charity okay and uh we kind of went past that in the first day of charity so <laughs> the the milestone for the you know, our initial final milestone was a server-wide event, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, SKL would reach out and try to organize something, you know, pretty massive with other outfits, cross-faction, uh, something similar to the Bastion smashes that we've had in the past. We've mm-hmm. had, like, armor smashes and that sort of stuff. And uh, I thought that with the, you know, 10 years of our game right around the corner, something more of a party of sorts would be, you know, 
pretty fitting, right? Yeah. You know, just have a, a bit of a wholesome moment, invite the community to just, you know, have a friendly moment of peace with each other. You know, yeah, just anniversary look armistice. At, exactly. Yeah. Look look at the people we shoot in the face every day and just, you know, have a nice crouch communication session. <laughs> so yeah, I, I reach around and uh, the, the community has some fantastic outfits that also run charity. Uh, Judoka here from VCO, I'm pretty sure they run charity almost every year, if not every year. Huh. 1TR also does a lot of charity and 2Ref is like our, our brother outfit that has been running Extra Life since day one. They are actually the ones that got SKL into Extra Life. They, they reached out to us and said, hey, don't you guys want to do this on the first year of Extra Life? They were already doing, and then Extra Life got into it because of them. So I reached out to these guys first and uh, asked, hey, do you guys want to help organize and, uh, you know, have the faction so we can have this nice, you know, cross-faction party, ceasefire sort of stuff? And they all jumped in. So we reached out to the friendly outfits that we have, you know, the, the good folks that we know, people we play with every day, have been playing with for many years. And uh, everybody jumped in and it went, you know, much, much better than I could have expected. You know, it's always amazing to see how much this community can, you know, withstand in, in the form of, of organization. It's, it's really, really nice because it's in the, in the individual level, right? We just pass it on and then each of the players is their own and uh, people maintain a pretty nice behavior all around, I'd say. So yeah, you love to see it. You love to see it. Everybody just buying into the idea of the event. It's a beautiful planet side thing that y'all pulled off. I really enjoyed it. It definitely is. <laughs> so you yeah. said that you had set a goal of three thousand for for charity. What's what's uh, how, how where are y'all at today? Uh, I I have I have not been following up. I think we may have gotten a few streams because actually we are currently running the twelve hour stream as well. Oh, uh, one of the where's that? Yeah, happening? one of the other milestones. It's on Twitch. Castar has been running it for I think <laughs> nine hours or ten hours at this point. We're in the tail end, I, I believe. <laughs> Beautiful. And uh, we've gotten a few more in there, and I think we're pretty close to seven thousand at this point. I'm not wrong. So wow, wow, we're, we're almost at our final file milestone. Yeah, that is so cool. That is so cool to see the community come together for charity. For it, it's a children's charity, right? That's that's what Extra Life is. Uh, yes. So Extra Life is is kind of an arm of the Children's Miracle Network which is wow. an organization that donates to just hospitals to help children. And uh, SKL, you can pick whatever hospital you want to assist. SKL has picked the Nationals Children's Hospital that's in Washington, D.C. And the money goes directly into your, uh, your institution of choice. And uh, we've picked that one because it's uh, a hospital with a pretty like international program. They help children from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, SKL and Planetside in general have people from all over the world. So that's kind of we, what we wanted to go for there. Yeah, it's, it's a really nice organization. Every year they run it. Every year they get a lot of money. They get gamers involved. And uh, it's really cool to see, like, people engaging with something outside of a game, you know, from a gaming community, right? You right. can mobilize a gaming community and do real good in the real world. 
So it, it has been like absolutely amazing to see the people jumping into it and supporting. So I did yeah. want to um, poke in the amount showing up on SKL stream right now is $6,949 out of $7,000. Oh boy. <laughs> 50 away. <laughs> Close. There we go. Yep. That's awesome. Does that exceed your expectations? Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like it, we, like I said, we started out with 3000 and I said, we are probably not going to get this this year. It's going to go much slower. Mm -hmm. Then you have like some insanely generous people in the community. Like I, I've been shouting them out every chance I get because there, there are three hard carries in the SKL community. The, uh -huh. the top donor, Tater Nader with I think 1600 just wow. by himself. Rusty Dons, that's one of the other reps from another outfit that helped to, to set the event up as well with 1550, I think. And Lord Cipriani with another thousand. So just in those three guys there, you have huge, huge donation. And uh, plus a bunch of other, like a hundreds, 150, 50, uh, not just in large sums, but also in, in amount as well. There's a bunch of small donations as well. And uh, mm -hmm. each one to their own, right? Not everybody can donate a lot of money, but the intention across the board has just been overwhelming. It's just really, really nice to see. Yeah, there's something about something about Planetside that's kind of special. The way that Planetside players can come together, can mobilize, can come around something like this. Of course, it's amazing Absolutely. that you've had a few your few hard carries, but even those hard carries, the the math is it's not even um, it's not more than half of the donations have come from other other folks just making smaller donations. There's something special about planet side that it can do something that normally would take like a you know like 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 a a major streamer community can do something like this where you have um you know people like with thousands of, of stream viewers can put together this kind of a charity drive but this this is like from the ground up like from the soil of araxis and uh i think that's really special man it really is. It's definitely something else. It, it goes to show, right? And and I, I feel like an event like this, the one that we, we just had right now, is also you know, something special. It just goes to show like how involved the community is, right? And we just passed 7K. <laughs> Amazing. Nice. Yeah, that, that took about a few seconds there. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's my fault because somebody donated right after me, but... <laughs> but it is probably you, Zip. Really appreciate it, man. There you Amazing. go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's that's amazing. Uh, the th sort of the theme of this this Colin uh, this Colin live podcast that I'm doing is pl people's planet side stories. So, is there any more that to say about this charity event that that like um, any cool stories that came out of it? Any Anything that uh, people ought to know about? Uh, well, I I guess I guess uh, an an interesting piece of lore there for the Emerald server is that uh, the first time we ran an extra life charity was uh, three years ago, right? Mm -hmm. This is the third year in a row, mm -hmm. and uh, SKL and True Ref 
like were the the main ones participating in there. We did a lot of stuff together. SKL and True Ref became pretty close, like brother outfits of sorts, uh, because of the amount of stuff we did for that charity. And uh, Captain Dan, one of the ex officers in True Ref, reached out to some guys after the that charity in order to create a place where we could all coordinate, right? He reached out to Jutoka that's here as well from the NC, mm -hmm. uh, probably the head of that faction to help out at the Discord as well. And uh, we now have the, the Emerald Community Discord where the reps talk to each other. We have a place to plan these events, stuff like the previous Bastion Smashes. They all kind of came out of the first interactions from a charity event. We had like some special stuff from the first one off, uh, like a, a miniaturized version from, from what we had today, just between SKL and True Ref. And, uh, it all kind of expanded from that. So it, it's nice because in, in some ways the, the collaboration that we have nowadays sort of came from that initial charity that we ran mm -hmm. and, uh, we did it a few more times. So that that's something, you know, that maybe not everybody knows about, but it's definitely, you know, a cool piece of lore there. Mm -hmm. That is cool. That is cool. Well, who else would like to, would like to jump in and tell us a planet side story from this group? Guessing we can go one by one here, right? Hey, if yeah, no so one wants to jump in, I will. Go for it. There we go. Introduce yourself. So, well, a lot of people know me already, as far as I know. Uh, I'm Mike Zett, also Pikachu888 on NSO. I uh, started playing Planetside basically when it came out. And, uh, wow, I would say my Planetside 2, my time in Planetside 2 changed probably about three years ago when... I was at Howling Pass, and I was on NC, and I had a armor column just completely, like, wreck the fight that was near Howling Pass. Like, it, it was just, it was such a cool sight. And uh, they all had the same tag on, and that would have been one WSC, and I was like, I gotta figure out who these guys are. <laughs> and uh, I I figured out the tell system and sent someone to tell them. Um, ended up being a guy named Fort, who is a great guy. Um, and the journey from that moment to present day, where we're at now, um, man, ridiculous. Um, that moment is what propelled me into, uh, discords and streamers and all kinds of, you know, Things relating to Planet Side, a game which I've always just come back to. If I was mm -hmm. playing something else, I just gravitated back to Planet Side Two. There's mm -hmm. nothing not like it. What brings but, you back? Uh, scale. Um, and prior to that, it used to be graphics. Um, mm. It was always like, a, like you know, like oh, can it run Crisis? Me, it was like, can it run Planet Side? <laughs> that was There's before they that. dumbed everything down. So, right. Um, man. That journey, I, I went from that journey as an NC player to somehow getting into, like, a leader role, what would have been a leader role at the time, mm -hmm. for that outfit, and then having things go south, and then having 
lots of it, it, things happen and then making a journey over in between and meeting people like Sarala, meeting people like Orby, talking to them while I'm doing stuff and then actually ending up in SKL for quite some time and putting a lot of time and love there and then now I'm here with my own outfit who got to have a really good time tonight hmm. so as far as a planet side story I could tell you countless different battles that we've just dumped on things that we've done on just public regular platoons it, it it's crazy the amount of stories people can sit here and tell you is ridiculous but mine probably my journey really truly started probably about three years ago mm -hmm. and prior to that i was probably that quiet solo player that just hopped on every once in a while and was just like in that 96 plus fight and all it took Why? was a tank because column to to yep. get you out of uh to get you out of uh the solo play lifestyle into into all this oh yeah 100 percent. that's beautiful man so tell me about your uh the outfit you're in now, uh, 895? Yeah, so um, 895, where do I where do I really start? Um, so we are the 895th Black Sun Raiders. Uh, we're an armor outfit on VS Emerald. Uh, we also have recently opened a uh, NC fit, uh, the 598th Black Titan Vanguard on NC. We currently don't have a TR fit yet. Um, the outfit itself is inspired by the communities of SKL, uh, past and present communities of SKL, 1WSC, MAG3, and 784. Um, how we got the 895 tag, it's actually a play of the 784 Terran Hellhounds. They're an admired uh, TR outfit. So they are they play on TR. They're really good. They're really uh, fun to play against because they're just tricky. They got pretty good cohesion if you ever see them. Cool. Um, so the name of the outfit was actually inspired by uh, SKL. It's their old logo. And the logo oh. name is called Black Sun. Um, I just needed to tag on something else. So Raider just kind of rolled off the tongue. And that's what we rolled with. Black Sun Raiders. Let's go. And uh, so what, what do the Black Sun Raiders bring to Planetside? We are a hub for uh, vehicle players um, and casual gameplay for the most part. Like, mm -hmm. as much as I like to say, "Hey, don't leave your vehicle and be in vehicles 24/7." <laughs> we we've been, you know, we'll roll with VSTB or even I'll run a, a casual platoon and we'll be in and out of armor. But a lot of us do enjoy armor play. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I kind of offer an open armory and like a self-governing culture. So I don't have a ton of rules and red tape. The armory is pretty open. Any member that joins the Discord can access the armory and pull a Colossus if they so choose. And uh, so far, we're 130 members strong, which makes us the largest armor outfit on Emerald. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, we don't have any problems with the armory. Uh, we got people that pull it, people that use discounts, anvils. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not locked like how it is in so many other outfits. There's valid reasons to do it, but I'm I'm in the opposite direction of that philosophy. Got it. And Got it. I feel like what makes us unique is unlike maybe Panzer, unlike maybe Mag Three, unlike 784. Uh, the difference is I kind of also follow SKL's philosophy of public facing; anyone can join. So, 
Why? So why is that important to you? The rules. Why is public facing important? Yeah. You, you you have access to more people. More people makes the game more fun. You don't uh, discriminate based on skill because we're all at all different skill levels. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to sit there and train up new players that join us, but I have no issue pointing them to other communities or linking them to resources that will help them. And usually just trial by fire is how I learned. So <laughs> uh, I will kind of keep that philosophy instilled. Um, but So you have relationships be... with, with other outfits who are... Do you, do you often have players who who join you as new players and then eventually decide they're looking for like a more specific or I don't know like more hardcore way of approaching the game? Do you have that happen? I have people that ask. Um, I don't want to say I have a ton. I have a couple of people that are multi outfit. I have a couple of VSTD guys. I have a couple of SKL guys. Uh -huh. um, and that's fine. I don't have any issue with that because uh -huh. every outfit offers a different play style. Right. You know. So I'm not going to definitely frown upon something that I don't offer, choose to not offer. Right. Yeah, I'm fascinated by that because I, I personally have always been attracted to like what you might call skill fits in my in my personal play, um, lead fits, whatever. But uh, I've, I've in in recent months I've become I've come to really admire what the public facing outfits like y'all, like SKL, and so many others are doing in actually being the new player experience of planet side two and how important that is so i just find that that uh you know planet side is a game where the guardrails where they do exist are for the most part created by the people who play it and i think that is so cool and interesting and fascinating and in many ways parallels the game of life that we all must play when we log out I think that's really cool, and uh, I like to see communities answering the call of helping and uh, being there for folks who who have no qualifications, who haven't earned it yet. All they've done is show up. Right. So, really, I've the eight ninety five. I've founded eight ninety five during a rough time with SKL. Um, so originally we were going to stay as kind of a subfit for one of its armor academies. Um, and really the outfit was going to be a love letter for the armor community. It still is in my opinion. Um, mm. and it's blossomed into something I could never fathom. Um, what was that the rough time? The rough time. Yeah. So let's just say the larger the community, the more problems, the more policies, the more red tape. Um, I will just say this, there are great people in these communities that are sometimes, uh, snuffed out by bad people. Mm. And that's just, that's the way it is. And just sometimes things don't work out, but the, that sounds really the benefit, sad, man. The, the benefit of that though, if there's any sort of light side to it is you get great communities like vstd and then i hate to say it but 895 is also grown exponentially because of that even though it is not what i wanted okay okay so, um what else um yeah uh 
I'm in shock, like not every day, but there's just times I sit back and I'm like, wow, I have X amount of people here. We're getting, we have X amount of players per day. And I look, and then like, I look at other communities been around a while and it's like, we're already larger and it just, it's crazy. Cause I don't have any formal requirements for like activity or a schedule. It's pretty laid back. It's just pretty much let's log on, let's do something. And then, you know, if no one's on, no one's on. Mm-hmm. And then I just try and keep relations open with other outfits and we run with other people. Uh, sometimes other outfits join us when we're running and we just do all kinds of crazy stuff. Sometimes even stuff that's against meta and frowned upon. But mm. people find it entertaining and fun. And that's based on who's Sandbox, running it, man. what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Cool. Well, Mike Zat. Really cool to meet you. Thank you for introducing you and your crew to us. Really good mm-hmm. to get to know you and hear your story. Yes, sir. Who else would uh, like to jump in? I'll go ahead if you don't mind, dude. Go ahead, Judoka. I think this is the first time I've actually talked to you. So, hello there. I think that's right. Nice to meet you. Yeah, I've seen your podcast and watched a few of them in the past, but. Hmm. I usually don't get involved doing the, these kind of things too much as far as talking with folks because got a lot of stuff going on within the outfit to keep it going. Yeah. But again, People thank you for having me in. And My I pleasure. still want to say an extra shout out to SKL for organizing this thing. Those guys do a great amount of work. I know they used to always take a lot of heat by people, but I think they're a great outfit and do a good job. But you were starting to ask about planet side stories and how we got here and things like that. Yeah. I originally was a tribes player. I played oh. all the various iterations of tribes. And as tribes was was dying off, I was looking for a new game, trying to find something to take its place. And there was a young fellow at work that sat in the cube next to me that I was mentoring. And he said, I started playing this new game. It sounds like it has everything that you like. And because even within tribes, I wasn't that thrilled with the capture of the flag stuff, but I was more thrilled with the territory capture part oh. of the game. Okay. And he said, it's got all the stuff you like. He says, but when you get on, make sure you get on the purple guys. They have the best weapons and stuff. <laughs> so I got on and I was originally a Vanu and I would run around with him and I would top gun on mag riders and harassers and things. And that was a lot of fun. But after doing that for about a year or so, I, I got tired of being shot in the ear by railjacks. <laughs> you know, someone setting two hexes away, popping me in the ear with a railjack. And I said, uh-huh. I've got to try that gun out. So I switched over and created an NC character. And I played with that a little while. And one day I happened to be at the warp gate and in proxy chat, there was this guy who was saying, Hey, I need a gunner for my lib. And I thought, I've never really gunned a lib, but I've gunned harassers and top guns on tanks. I'll give it a try. How hard can it be? So I jumped into his lib and he taught me how to gun from his lib. And when we were finished for the session, I said, how am I going to find you in game again? And he tossed me out an invite to his outfit. Hmm. And that was Captain in Arms. I don't know if you ever heard of Captain in Arms. That 
he was the fellow that used to do Radio Free Araxis oh. and do the Warpgate News. Of course. Yeah. He was the lead of VCO at the time. <laughs> so that was how I got into VCO. Uh-huh. So I was in VCO for a lot of time. And oh, as the population in planet side started dropping and dropping and dropping back in those very lean years when the dev team dropped down to almost nothing and things like that. Yeah. We started to, as VCO, we started to thin out to where we were pulling less than a squad per an ops night. And I said, I like this group of guys too much. I don't want to let this happen. So I'm the grandfather figure of VCO. I'm the old fart. Mm. There are only two guys in the outfit that I know of that are older than me. Mm. Um, I'm the retired old fart. So that was about the time I retired. So I had a new career. I started running open public squads seven nights a week for anywhere between four and six hours. Huh. And as part of that, all of a sudden that started building up the membership of VCO because people were looking for squad leads to lead them and platoon leads to lead them. And mm -hmm. I found I really, really enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun. Huh. So as VCO started to get built back up and built back up, we became one of the bigger outfits on Emerald NC at that point. And we were really big right around the time that, you know, the outfit wars originally started, the alphas and the betas, the first two go rounds. And at that point, Walmart Greeter had been the VCO lead and he moved on to other games and I became the VCO outlet, outfit lead. And I've been that for a couple of years now. And we have a great group of guys. We're part of an overall gaming community, Voodoo Shipping Company. Hmm. And we have divisions in a lot of different games. We have a Warframe division. We have a Destiny 2 group. We have a Star Trek Online group. Cool. And a couple others. We have a bunch of guys that play Zero K and a few other things. But as part of that overall community, it's, it's not... PlanetSide is our largest division. But we've got people, you know, they'll come into us through planet side and then move off into other games, but you still get to be around the same people. You have an overall community mm -hmm. and it's a lot of fun because mm -hmm. like um, Orby had mentioned earlier, we do fundraisers each year. We normally don't pile on to um, the one that the community does overall, but over the past few years, we've done quite a few of them. I mean, we've done a fundraiser for juvenile diabetes one year. We've done one for suicide prevention. This year, we're doing Save the Children. We're in the middle of it for Save the Children Fund for mm -hmm. their Ukraine emergency fund for mm -hmm. refugees from that conflict. Yeah. And quite a few different years because it's a shooter game, we've donated to Wounded Warrior Project. So every year we have some kind of fundraiser. Some years we have two. So we try to give back as a community to people that we can help out. That's beautiful, man. Why, yeah. why is it important to participate in those kinds of charity events, in your opinion? Well, again, we're, we're a community. And yeah. when you look at the world around you, it's your community. And if you're not helping out, what are you doing? Uh -huh. 
I mean, there are so many people that need so many things and we're fortunate enough. We can come in and play a game. We can have fun. We can enjoy ourselves. We need to be able to give back. So we try to do that. I think that's legit. I think that's dead on, man. You mentioned that your entrance into Planet Side was from uh, a coworker who you were mentoring. And then when you retired, you went from playing to being a sort of Planet Side mentor. I'm curious, any parallels between that experience and your work and that experience and your, well, your retirement work? Well, I, I have to think that they're kind of similar in the way I do things. At one point, as I was working, I was a, um, the software development manager of a company. <laughs> and you try to teach the people under you how to do what it is you want them to do, the way you want them to do it, and to enjoy themselves. One of the things I always said mm. was, I don't go to work, I go to play. Well, that's the same even after I retire. Because if, if you're going someplace and you really consider it work, then it's might be time for you to look for alternatives because sure. you should really enjoy what you do. Other become, otherwise, it just becomes a horrendous slog the rest of your life. And you get angry over things. You look at your life and go, oh, man, why do I have to do this? Right. You have to find something that you enjoy. If you find something you enjoy, it's fun. It's like playing. And mm -hmm. you'll look at that and go, hey, this is great. I can keep doing this nigh on to forever. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I am with Planet Side as well, hmm. because I really enjoy it. What is it about, about Planet Side that has, that renewably captures your interest year over year? Yeah, unlike, like you were talking about, you were drawn towards the more skill fits. Uh -huh. Well, I'm, I'm the exact opposite of that. Mm. I'm more drawn to the real-time strategy part of the game. Uh -huh. I'm a map painter. Okay. That okay. You'll hear people ridicule the map painters. Well, I'm a map painter. <laughs> I like to be able to win alerts. Um, I like my guys to be able to win alerts. Uh -huh. They get extra xp for winning alerts hell yeah they get extra xp for tagging bases and winning you know fights so you try to do that and i really enjoy that especially the ones that are close if you just have a rollover on a continent yeah no big deal you rolled over a continent sure. but when you get into those ones where it comes down to the last little bit to where you need that cut off or you, you need that last base, yeah. or it goes into the new overtime, and then it's like, oh my God, we got to kill more <laughs> of them than they kill more of us. I love those. That yeah, that 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 really gets your buzz going because uh -huh. for trying to lead, that that's the ultimate where you want to feel that what you're doing actually makes a difference, mm -hmm. and being able to look at the map, anticipate what's going on. You do it long enough, you know the other outfits, you know what they're going to do, or sure. you at least think you know what they're going to do. So you have to <laughs> anticipate that, stop it ahead of time, and you'll run into the same groups a lot of different times. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, if they whip you this time, then you try to do the same thing to them next time. So you just try to keep it going. That's awesome. That's awesome. I've, I've, you're the first person I've spoken with who's in admitted to being a map painter i know y'all are out there 
I know, I know there are a lot of people out there who like to play the game that way. It is part of Planet Side. It's an important part of Planet Side, and it always, it always has been. So, um, and I totally agree with you that those final moments of the alert, when you're in a group that is making a difference one way or the other, those moments, Planet Side really sparkles, right? It really pops. And those are the moments where, like, after the alert ends, you need to step away from your computer for five minutes and like, breathe some fresh air because it was so intense, right? That's yeah, it, that's cool. It's the final five minutes, right? A every yeah. alert that has been decided in the final five minutes, it doesn't matter if you win, you, you can still lose the alert. It, it was a worthwhile experience, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, usually when... came down. Yeah, usually when one of those happens, and if it happens to be the last one I'm leading during the night, I've got to go do something else for an hour because I know I'm never going to go to sleep. <laughs> that it's a matter of yep. you, you got to calm down. The heart rate has to slow down. <laughs> you just have to kind of yep. relax a little bit because otherwise it's going to just, you're going to lay there and like, honest to God, and you know, I probably shouldn't admit this, but I dream planet side battles at night. Uh... I'm planning strategy in my dreams. Now that probably tells you I play too much, yeah. which my wife says I do, but I'm guilty of this. <laughs> I'm because I last time I looked on my main character and its alts, I've had somewhere between twelve and thirteen thousand hours in this wow. game. So yeah, I've been around for a while, playing a lot. Okay, okay, okay. Your uh, your painting easel is well worn. <laughs> but yeah, and V. Within VCO as an outfit, like I said, we're, we're a pretty much an open outfit mm. that we bring in a lot of new players. We try to teach them the game because somebody has to do it. If mm. somebody doesn't do it, these players just come in, they get farmed off, they leave. Mm -hmm. But if they get into one of our squads or get into our outfit, we teach them how to be useful, how to earn XP, how to do things that you don't just walk out, die, respawn, walk out, die. That right. you get to be running in a squad. You get to, even though you don't have necessarily have the skill to pop people's heads mm -hmm. and get them down, you start off being a medic or an engineer. You support them. You still get your XP yeah. and you're very, very useful. Is exactly right. You don't have to be that frontline guy. And You'll often get, you'll hear people criticize someone, especially you go on Reddit. The first thing they try to do is discredit you on your KDR, your KPM. Of course. Well, I really don't care about that crap. Mm -hmm. I have zero care about KDRs. I always try to be, when I'm running a platoon or a squad, I always try to be the first guy through the door. That I know I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. I'm going to die horrifically every single time. Mm -hmm. But my goal is to try to take out one or two guys as I'm going through the door or draw the fire from all the guys who are shooting at that first guy through the door. That lets my guys come in behind me. It lets me shout out where the enemy is, where to look for them when you come through the door, and it makes your squad successful. But, from the yeah, that's harder than a KDR, but I don't care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're there for other reasons. I that's exactly right. When, when KDR gets criticized, I think of the saying, uh, what, what's measured is what's managed. KDR is such a very simple number and easy to understand number. 
And because of that, it's it's a powerful metric, but it doesn't describe everything, especially in a game like Planet Side. That's for damn sure. Well, Judoka, um, what else, man? Uh, anything else we should know? Yeah, there's one thing I always say whenever I'm running an open squad or an open platoon. When we're done for the night, I always ask one question that I always demand a serious and honest answer from the guys. And that question is, did you have fun tonight? Mm -hmm. Because that's what it's about. If you're having fun, you stay with the game. If you're not having fun, you don't. There it is. Well, I'm having fun. Thank you, Judoka. It was really nice getting yep. to know you, man. Who else would like to jump in? I think I might might as well. Is it? Yeah. So, um, we've... This is going to be interesting because originally it wasn't supposed to be me coordinating with the rest of these guys. It was supposed to be our actual outfit lead, mm -hmm. um, but he got called away for horse races. So... Called away for horse like, races? Unexpected horse races? <laughs> his, um, well, no, he, he, he expected them. Um, his significant other is um, into that sporting, so okay. he went to support her. Oh, okay. um, which results cool. in the interesting dynamic of probably one of the youngest guys in the room representing the oldest outfit in the room. Mm. Um, so yeah, about me, I joined... My my oldest still active character was 2016, so I haven't compared to some of these old farts. I haven't been playing for much <laughs> at all. Uh, um, just a whippersnapper. Yeah, I I think I got into the game because I found one of Rel's earliest videos on Planet Side Two, just randomly recommended to me on YouTube. Huh. <laughs> um, God bless the algorithm, I guess. Yeah, algorithm. I mean. I kind of cursed the algorithm for a bit because the game, the laptop I was playing on was oh. a ancient ATI powered piece of Ooh. garbage. <sighs> yeah. I think potato settings back in 2016, I was averaging maybe 20 FPS. Oh no. Um, but it, it's, I stuck with it and I ended up here, so it couldn't have cool. been all that bad. Cool. Cool. Um, but since people have thrown around stuff about their outfits, yeah, so Goder or Ghosts of the Revolution have been playing Planetside since Planetside 1 released. We're at least old enough to vote as an outfit. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, it's that community that keeps me coming back. I know some mm -hmm. people are less concerned about what community they're playing in. They just like playing Planetside. Mm-hmm. To be completely honest, if I didn't have a community to play with, I would not still be playing. Okay. Um, and that's that? kind of what keeps me coming back into the game. Yeah. And T tell us about that. What what's so powerful about the community that 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 draws you back when the game would not? It's I mean, it's that I can you know come home from a difficult day of work or whatever. Uh -huh. I can sit down and I know I've got a bunch of guys that I can chat with, and whether or not I'm you know, helping to run armor alongside SKL or 895 and charging straight down the guns of 784, or I'm getting, you know, four VCO galaxies dropped on my head. I know I've got fun guys on the other side of the gun who I can have a laugh with. Yeah. And that kind of, that, that's what keeps me coming back. It's, it's just 
the dynamic between the community. I've mm-hmm. played games from Eve online to, you know, the latest battlefield and short of Eve online's political scheming, which is a little bit much for me. Planet side <laughs> is the closest knit community I've been able to find. Mm. What quality of planet side do you think brings that out in communities? I, I, I think, I honestly think it's the persistent world aspect mm. of the game mm. because but I've, like I said, Battlefield, I've played that, but those worlds aren't persistent. You don't end up with the same two communities going at each other time and time again mm-hmm. until they've learned the other's tactics enough that they can read each other from across the map. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of what what gets me working and keeps me active in the game, is if I'm running armor or helping to run armor up against 784... Or if I'm ending up on the other end of a VCO, a random VCO armor group, it's being being able to try and play around what I expect them to do and then having them still surprise me. Mm -hmm. That's a really cool component of the the outfit identities in this game and the continuity, like you said, where we get to know these communities like almost like like at the level of like people. And we create stories between ourselves and between between communities and even within communities. And the persistence is, is what lets that happen. You pointed out Battlefield. If you're just, you know, playing on a server with some random people and the, you see a guy named, you know, I, I, I did your mom. It's like, okay, cool. Never yeah. going to see that person I have- again. I might come to pick up a rivalry with one guy, but it's very rare that I found that you can run into situations where you're finding an entire coordinated group and you look at the list of their names and you see, you know, half or three quarters that you recognize as a group that either, you know, stomped on you last week or that you stomped on, or it's been a really fun fight the entire time. It's It's kind of a hard thing to get in gaming. God, you're so right. You're so right. And just reflecting on it, it kind of makes me think of like having like a TV show that you really love, you know, and you're, Every single week, you're excited to see like what the characters are doing, what they're up to, um, and you come to to love those characters and the connection with 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 uh, with them and the stories that go on. I'm just thinking out loud. I love that. Um, t- tell us some more, uh, Zip, about about uh, your experience in Planet Side, your Planet Side story. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I started playing on that utter garbage piece of laptop mm-hmm. um but i i mean i there are definitely times when i think back and it's had i been a sane person i would have stopped playing the game because mm-hmm. it didn't run well um mm-hmm. i think i ended up getting pulled into goader off of um just a random public platoon and i was there chatting with our outfit lead and he's like yeah i'm just gonna shoot you an invite i know you're a bit of a newer player than we usually invite but you're active and you have a mic which is you know better than some of our current players so uh-huh. sure um come in have some fun with us and that's kind of just kept a consistent circle i it's been up and down we've had you know content droughts and planet side and blitzes of development like we've had in the last few years mm-hmm and it's it's always just been the hey Thursday night I know we're 
we've got combined arms. We've got armor, air, and infantry trying to work together. And this is, you know, it's consistently a fun thing to Mm -hmm. play with. It's what we do. So, yeah, that's that's what's kept me spinning the same wheel for the last nearly six years. Yeah. You, You said that you were maybe a little insane to be playing planet side under such hostile conditions on that laptop. Oh yeah. I, I would definitely argue there's a little bit of insanity because this wasn't too long after the original operation make faster game, uh. which made a slower game. Um, <laughs> and I was running it on an already outdated laptop that had had graphics from a company that could barely splice together two transistors. So <laughs> So back then, before you had the experiences you had now of having these communities and Thursday night where you know where you're going and you know what you're, who you're going to be doing it with, before you had that, that hindsight to reflect on, how, what was it that made you in, suffer the insanity? What made it worth it back then? I I honestly am not sure because part of me wants to say it's because the game was free and it was a shooter. And at that time I was, you know, in high school, I barely afford (laughs) gas to drive my car to school. Uh Um, But I also know there were other free to play games that I had on my radar at the time. Mm -hmm. And I could have been playing Warframe the entire time. I could have been playing any number of things. Right. And I'm not 100% sure what kept bringing me back to Planetside. It likely was the scale. Mm. Warframe a bit easier on the frame rate. Uh, Just a little bit. It runs a bit better at the low end. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you you mentioned is that uh, you were singled out as having someone who had a mic. What Was there something about... I guess the the thing that that suggests to me is that there's something about the the social component of the game that, that maybe jumped out at you that maybe wasn't available there, in other games. There definitely is. Um, despite being, considering myself fairly introverted, you know, out in the world, mm-hmm. I, I've never been able to keep with an activity if I don't have some other parallel track with, you know, other people. Uh-huh. So it's, in, it's entirely more likely that, you know, I was, I joined my first character that I know I created was a TR character and I was running with, um, I want to, it may have been AODR at the time or AOD because they didn't pick up the R until later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know I fairly quickly moved on from them because I was kept getting killed by the purple spandex. I much liked Judoka in that one, but I moved from TR to Spandex because I was on the other side of the Orion. Mm. Um, Yeah, so that that was when I moved uh, over to VS. And then I joined uh, DAP, and that's another mostly dead outfit. And at that, it was that outfit that I was in when I, you know, found uh, GOTR. And there it's kind of history. And uh, what does what does Goder mean to the Planetside community? I mean, ex- besides being an absolutely ancient in terms of outfits, 
uh, name, we're not that big. I mean, we've got 200 active members, 500 total enrolled. Mm. Um, but we are consistently online with some people and just consistently active. And for some groups, it's annoyance because it's rare you find an infantry fight where we're running in a group that we don't have a PPA sitting over the base shelling people. <laughs> but that's kind of our goal is to just play all three domains and integrate them together. That's what we did in Planet Side 1, from what I understand. And they, outfit leadership has continued to try to push the combined arms aspect as far as we can. Are there still a lot of hands around in most Planet Side 1 days? Oh yeah, um, we've got a lot of like our current outfit lead, um, Robo CPF. He is a Planet Side One player. Mm. We've got a bunch of older Planet Side One players who've moved out of the front end, like active group, and into more support. Mm -hmm. And we've got a bunch of old hands that pop in every once in a while. You know, when the kids are, you know, off to summer camp or when yeah. work isn't hampering them or when they just get the energy up in their retirement to come log on and play with mm -hmm. us, you know, young sprouts. When, when the right occasion strikes. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we've had names that some of the community might recognize from, you know, the beta of planet side one that occasionally pop in just to say hi. And it's, cool. it's always a cool thing to sh see a name and he see half the uh, discord light up with, Oh wow. It's been, you know, seven eight years since we last saw you how are you doing mm -hmm. that is cool you like when that happens you know the thing about a franchise like an ip like planet side it's been around for so long it's kind of like i think i think like world of warcraft players have a similar thing where it's been around for so long that people's lives have everyone's life has changed since they started playing this game and it's really cool to get to hear from people at the different points in their lives, at different stages in their life. I've definitely gone through stages of life since my first experience in the Planet Side 1 beta when I was a, a fresh college dropout. So uh, I think that's really special, man. Yeah, and I, I think it's also important for me to say we're not just a Planet Side outfit. Planet Side is what I've interacted most with GOTR because that's where I joined, but we've done things from warframe we've done destiny we've got a recurring game of the month thing going so we're all over the place and that's how we end up with stuff like one of our active outfit leaders having been offline and planet side for over three years but she's still active in the community what's the game of the month um currently we are playing currently we're playing astroneers oh okay yeah that's like a like a space like uh, what is that game? I don't even know. Um, I haven't played it personally. It, okay. but from what I can see from other people, it's Minecraft in space. Oh, that's catchy. I can find it. Would that be there. how I'd class it, but I'm okay. sure it's more involved than that. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, Zip, thank you for taking the time to share your story, man, and tell us about Gooder. Anything else? Um, no, I don't, I don't think I've got too much. Just, a you know, thank you to Orby for pinging us and mm. letting us get involved. And thanks to everybody else for showing up and being good sports about it. GG's up. Absolutely, bro.
how could you have a 10-year party without Goder, man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you need somebody to, you know, have, be nearly old enough to pass off the fake ID and bring the... Bring yeah, the there you go. We, we've all been there, you know? you Someday you'll become a boomer like us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So who else wants to jump in? I don't think we've heard from Arrow or Sarlo. <laughs> I'm guessing it's either me or AOD. Mm -hmm. I guess my story is shorter. <laughs> well, by all means, then. Well, then, if we're seeing life stories, there we go. I started playing Planetside one day after it came out. So, unfortunately, I am not one of these um, enlightened beta players who saw the world before it became public. <laughs> In any case, when I started playing Planetside, I hated high school. Mm. Didn't fit in. And then all of a sudden, I discover a cool outfit that's full of really nice people that took me under their wing. And since I'm European, it was every weekend at 2 a.m. But all <laughs> of a sudden, you have this escape from this environment that's very... Uh, okay, imagine like a stereotypical high school jock from like an American teenage movie, uh, just full of whole high school with them. Uh, it was a welcome escape. Sure. At time went on, the group was called 382 or 382. Uh, of course, as most uh, Zerk fits, it kind of died off with time. Although one would be surprised just how many famous personas that we know even today uh, started out in that group. For example, earlier Orby ma mentioned Captain Dan. I mm. actually met him in that very outfit. Cool. So the outfit died off. I took a bit of a break and came back during the escalation update. It was wonderful. I was looking for a moment to get back inside. And something quite peculiar happened. I joined an outlet called 1TMI because they required some help. I saw they, a lot of people came back to Planetside. They needed new officers. It was the perfect opportunity. What happened was that for some reason, all of the people I used to play with kind of gravitated back to the game to be mm. in one TMI. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you have this reunion of the people who carried you for years. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, being a platoon leader, one TMI was a very closed outfit. So I was kind of their emissary to the overall Emerald TR community. And okay. I saw familiar faces such as Cox, for example, mm. who I remembered very fondly uh, in leaders chat back in the day. And it was quite special because back in the day, that was almost oh, eight years ago when I started platoon leading, or nine actually. I was about 15. So you can imagine how that went. Mm -hmm. And seeing people who were serious and mature enough to take you seriously, accept you back and with open arms, it, it mm -hmm. was quite a special experience. Now, mm -hmm. times passed, things happen, and... I have the privilege of helping to lead an outfit called Orax with a bunch of other magnificent people. So here's a funny thing about Orax. After two and a half years, people stopped playing Planetside because that's what happens. Yep. It's normal. Hmm. But for some reason, they always come back to us. <laughs> Most of them. I'm pretty sure 95% of our players, if they return, they come back to us. Because one of my goals with Orax is that I want to provide the very same experience 
that Treaty Second provided me, that escape, mm. that that safe harbor for people. And seeing people who we, mind you, actively encourage on a daily basis to try out different factions and see different outfits come back to us and interact with us, it kind of lets you know that, you know what, maybe we're doing something right. Mm-hmm. And it feels you, it makes you happy on the inside. Mm-hmm. So I guess that? that would be our story. Yeah, that's amazing, man. How <laughs> I do you told go you about I was going to be short and sweet. Space. Well, it's not really about creating a, a, a negativity-free space. It's uh-huh. more about focusing on the people because just like Zip said, like the reason my, my part is so short is because Zip covered so many excellent points. Mm-hmm. What keeps people coming after the planet side, controversial take, it's not the gameplay. If you want combined arms gameplay, you can play Battlefield and have mm-hmm. a better, more balanced time. It's the mm-hmm. people. And the moment we created the outfit, the focus was on the people, interact with the people, make them talk, make them interact with one another, help Mm -hmm. build connections and friendships. And that's kind of how we build the outfit. Because uh, at the end of the day, the outfit can have as many logos and documents and guides and YouTube videos as it can. But if you don't have the people backing it, you really have nothing except for a dead YouTube channel. (laughs) And of course, then there are the anime openings. That's a classic, a must-have. Mm. <laughs> so Beauty content's I'm my favorite. Promoting Waifu Wars Episode Three coming soon. Oh my god! <laughs> you you had to bring that up, didn't you? Yeah, bro. Hype. Everybody hype. loves the anime. It's 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 all about the anime. <laughs> I think if you don't love it, then then you react strongly to it. So it gets strong reactions out of people anyway. <laughs> exactly. Some watch it because they enjoy it. Other watches because of the outrage. But exactly. still, yeah, but the- it, it shows you something. It shows you that. Uh, different logos and memes and jokes the community makes helps to connect the people in the community. Mm -hmm. So in a way, all of these soft rivalries that outfits built between one another are highly important for Planetside to work. Mm -hmm. So when people talk about, oh, outfit drama and tension and hatred and so on, Spoiler alert, all the outfit leaders are sitting in the Emerald Community Discord on the same page because mm-hmm. we know that this is what makes Planet Side tick. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. A wonderful little tale. Well, I was done a short and sweet. Goodness, how much time do we have? Do I promote <laughs> any more projects? Daddy, if you need some NFTs by any chance, I'll okay. draw in my hand. <laughs> so let's move on to whoever's next. <laughs> Enough, no, Carlo, seriously, thank thank you for sharing that. And especially thank you for sharing that um, the planet side came from you from a place of feeling alienated from your high school community. I think a lot of people who come to video games are in a similar situation where the community that they're supposed to be thriving in and they're supposed to be living in is just something about it is not a match. Something about it is not working. And... We are all so lucky to have to be connected internationally via these video games, and we can we can find that despite getting a potentially bad roll of the dice sometimes. And I think that's such a cool thing that a community like like the the, the broader planet side community can provide, and yours in particular. It truly is. It truly is. Yeah. Everyone, I'm just kind of give you the mic right now. You know, just. 
get me out of this awkwardness. <laughs> All right, Sarlo. GG. Right so, yeah, thanks for sharing. Uh, let's see. I think the only person who we haven't heard from from this little cabal is Arrow, who's been very, very patient. Arrow, are you still with us? I'm right here. Hey, tell us your story, man. Uh, what, what do you want to hear? I could uh, tell a personal or maybe not so impersonal story about the last outfit wars. I could just talk about uh, my outfit like everyone else has been. What do you think would be most fun to talk about? Uh, I'll talk about the last half of words, I guess. All right. Since it's most fresh in my mind. And this is the Nexus or a prior thing. one? This is Nexus. I could tell I could tell you about every single one though. I've been in every okay. single one. Okay. Okay. Let's let's hear it. And I guess I'll compare it. Uh so yeah, last half of words. Uh half of words, of course, is really a big endurance test. Uh, it has yeah. become maybe introduce who yourself and your outfit real quick as you roll into it. Okay, well I'm arrow five three seven nine. Mm. Uh, to be differentiated from uh, 5378 and 5380. Don't know why I said that. Uh, AOD has been, uh, well, it's a much larger clan than just Planet Side. It's unique in that it is a true multi-gaming community. Uh, we have full divisions in 12 different games right now, and that means that if it's full division, it has uh, active leaders and an officer corps and members who consistently play that game. And that's just in that specific game. And then you have that across the other divisions. And then there's, of course, the overall clan leadership. So, for example, uh, even though I'm one of the leads for AOD, there are a dozen people above me who are leads of AOD for the entire clan. And the clan's been going since 1999. Uh, we started playing Planet Side in 2003. We had a division in that. Took a hiatus between Planet uh, Planet Side One and Two, mm -hmm. uh, and you know we jumped on Planet Side Two once the closed beta was available, and we've been playing it every day since before launch. And that's been a quite the journey. I wasn't there for the entire time, but uh, I know sure. quite about, a bit about it. I've it's a long it. history, brother. Definitely, and and. Uh, we're fortunate in that there's actually quite a few uh, members who are still around then. So I've spent some time uh, gathering information and putting it all together to figure out, you know, what the hell happened. Mm. At least uh, as far as planet side goes. There's a little planet side archaeology. You know, there's a lot of stuff from planet side yeah. one time that are just totally lost. Yeah. It's a shame, it, man. It, it's actually slightly unfortunate. Our very first commanding officer, uh, his name was Blunts. He passed away uh, mm. unexpectedly, uh, I think, last year. So oh, that's no. one link to the very beginning that's lost. GG Blunts. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, AOD, however, uh, has pretty much occupied the same niche, done the same thing since uh, the very beginning in Planet Side. A very public, front facing outfit. Definitely larger than others, uh, mm -hmm. and the criticism we get because of that uh, along the way. But mm -hmm. we uh, do our best uh, in providing the experience of an outfit. Uh, people think that we're just uh, you know a bunch of Zerg herders and we really don't do anything, but uh, people who say that don't really understand AOD, I can guarantee you. And there's a shocking amount of people who've been in AOD at some point. I know that, uh, I mean, as full members. Because what I'm getting at here is, you know, there's might be like 50 people online right now in AOD, and I'm leading a platoon right now. 
However, in terms of full members, there's a difference between, you know, being in the outfitting game and actually being an AOD as a member of the clan, getting access to our private forums, our private team speak and all sure. that. Sure. The so vast there's, majority there's, there's levels to it. Yeah. And, and of course, we handle things differently in different games. For PlanetSide, uh, a long time ago, at the very beginning, we decided that this was going to be a public outfit. And, you know, you didn't have to be a member of AOD in the clan in order to be a member of AOD in game. Mm. And as far as why, that goes... Why was that decision made? Like, what's what's that get you? Uh, I mean, we're a very public-facing, front-facing outfit. Mm -hmm. We want to provide... You know, if you look in our recruitment page, say all skill levels welcome. We run platoons daily. Uh, mm -hmm. Absolutely anyone is welcome into it. It truly are public platoons. I can probably look at my platoon right now and I see uh, a vast variety of tags. People with no outfit, people in other outfits, people in AODR. And those platoons are really what keeps us going. If uh, we have a reputation to maintain as well, that's been built up for the last uh, 23 years. You know, we have a COC that make sure that everyone practices good sportsmanship uh, and that people know the name AOD and respect it with people that, you know, aren't going around to be toxic or hacking mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. cheating or exploiting. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's done very important work in other games. And uh, I like to think it's done important work in, uh, in planet side as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, hopefully people, I, I don't think there's a single person that plays Planetside at this point that doesn't know the a name AOD or at least has played on yeah. the older. Yeah, oh, I agree Matheson. with you. Y'all are ever present yeah. and uh, like yeah. it, it's it's impressive this, the the presence that the AOD tag has had in Planetside for all these years. Yeah, it's I wonder a if long and if, interesting if, saga of how it, it's kept going. I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I wonder if I could ask uh, about. You said that you know that there's been a choice to make you know the AOD the Planetside Clan kind of just open to anyone, open to all, but that there's you know private forums, there's and there's levels. I wonder if you could help me, like characterize like what's the difference between the public AOD that everyone can join and sort of the um, the next level, whatever that looks like. What's what's love, the difference? Yeah, so you know, I stand by. No worries. All right. Uh, so you join AOD in game through the outfit browser, and you can't instant join, but you know anyone pretty much gets listed unless you got a name like uh, you you can imagine. I'm sure a colorful name. I can yeah. easily imagine. Yes. yes. <laughs> but uh, uh, and then from that you you have permissions to you know have outfit chat, and that's about it. Yeah. You, we encourage you to run with our platoons, and you know. These days, if you're an outfit, you act, you get access to merit and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. we don't really ever remove anyone for inactivity. If you're there, you're there. If you go around and start team killing, then you're probably going to get kicked. Sure. But we absolutely 100% encourage people to actually join the outfit as a community experience, not just be there with a tag in front of your name. Mm -hmm. uh, go through the steps to actually get inducted as a full member. Join us in TeamSpeak because everything's always better in TeamSpeak. Sure. Uh, you get access to everything on the forums, get access to a insanely large community, and that's what really drew me in and has kept me playing Planetside for far longer than I thought I would have when I very f first started playing. Can you estimate the size of the community, the total size of the AOD community? I don't have to estimate. I know exactly how big the community is. Uh -huh. So the uh, in-game outfit is a little bit over 13,000. 
the amount of, and that outfit has not had significant cleaning out for since it was formed originally. Mm-hmm. So there's, of course, plenty of inactives in there. Yeah. Um, there's very few stat tracking websites can actually load the outfit. The amount of them that are actually concurrently active, as in like the last 30 days, is probably several hundred. Okay. The amount of those that are actually full members who, you know, have access to the team speak and the forums who are actually AOD members uh, is uh, a couple hundred. I think it's uh, 200, yeah, 206 right now at this, okay. at this very moment. Okay. And then the larger AOD clan, you know, 12 other divisions. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. I could tell you the exact membership of everyone, but uh, it's a little over 1,500 full members in all wow. the other games combined. Wow! So Planet Side is is just like a like a one of the one of the rooms in the hallway of that is AOD. It's one, yeah. It's one of the oldest divisions in AOD and uh-huh. one of the larger ones, but it's not the largest. Uh, War Thunder and Battlefield are actually uh, a couple hundred more larger. Okay. okay. But yeah, it's up there. And to to go from being just someone who wears the tag in Planet in Planet Side to someone who's part of the the bigger, more committed community? Is it just a matter of raising your hand and going through some authentication? Or I, I, I had a crazy conversation with Pale Tiger like a little while ago where he imagine. kind of painted this picture. I'm so, I'm, I'm so, I'm so curious. Uh, he <laughs> kind of painted this, this picture that y'all were like taking yeah. people's credit card numbers and shit. Uh, I was about <laughs> to ask that. <laughs> no, it's nothing like that. You raise your hand and then we uh, ask for your bank account information. And no, uh, there's really very few requirements. Um, there's no, uh, well, I'll just go through it now. Uh, so we ask you to sign up on our forums because everything is based on the forums. That's really how you keep a, a community of this size together and sure. all the information. You can't use something like uh, forums like uh, that. Very old school different. these days, by the way. Yeah, it's it's clanard.net. It's hosted on V Bulletin. We have a whole. Ooh team of officers who are dedicated to maintaining the forums and they do ungodly amounts of work imagine you have they some speak web with, devs yeah uh, yeah they, they speak with one of them is like an actual like uh, server engineer in real life i think yeah that he helps. speaks in terminology that i have no idea what any of it means <laughs> and i like his funny words magic man <laughs> uh. but uh yeah so you get a a perform profile. You can submit an application to really any division. Of course, plant side is the best division. I'm straight. Or you just uh, get in contact with an officer in-game, on Discord, on any uh, on the forums either. Mm-hmm. And then we just guide you through some steps, and that ultimately culminates in an induction where we give you our TeamSpeak information because it is a private server. We get you in the server. Mm-hmm. You talk with an officer. They give you the rundown of all the requirements. We give you our CRC, which is 12 points. It's all very basic, you know. Uh, support your fellow members. Protect a positive image. Don't discuss any politics. That's what, uh, rule 12 is perhaps one of our most unique things. Mm. Uh, we don't allow any discussion regarding politics, race, or religion, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm. And it really just uh, makes things last longer and much more better. Because ultimately, people come to play games to get away from all that stuff. Mm. And we need to create an environment where people want to spend time together rather than pulling each other apart. And that... What about planet-side politics? Is that allowed? Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, but we do, uh, I mean, AOD keeps its keeps out of drama 
pretty well. Pretty well. Mm, okay. Okay. At least I'd like to think we do. Uh, the whole thing with war pigs, I mean, we were pretty silent for the most of that. We weren't making accusations at Pale Tiger. And ultimately, uh, I, I hope to feel that that is behind us and we're all okay. the better off for it. Okay. And that strategy seems to work. Okay. Yeah, well, I, so I, I didn't really believe y'all were taking credit card numbers. I'm relieved to hear that's not the case, though. For no. Sure. If you want to give me your credit card number, I actually probably uh, shouldn't take it. I imagine yeah. there's some sort of felony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might might not be might not be good juju. So, yeah. uh, I've asked you a bunch of questions about AOD now, Arrow. Uh, you were going to tell me a story about Outfit Wars, weren't you? Yeah. So, uh, when Outfit Wars uh, was first announced, we knew it was going to be coming. Uh, we didn't really know exactly what it was going to be like uh, all that all those months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, the leadership of the division, got together and we asked ourselves, are we going to participate this year? We had participated in every season since, but it was always a, uh, a struggle mm-hmm. uh, because, I mean, the first two seasons, easy enough, one match, one and done, have a lot of fun. Right. Uh, but then season three, with its multiple matches, became more of a endurance test and the same thing for a lot of outfits and alpha wars has really turned into something where a lot of outfits go to die you know war pigs didn't make it out of alpha wars and Mm. in the previous seasons there had been some outfits that also had collapsed puts a lot of stress on outfits absolutely yeah it really is and uh, we decided we were going to participate this year because even though you know when there's outfits like gobs and uh, v cats Mm -hmm. and other outfits that are stacking teams uh seriously high in terms of skill you know we're not necessarily going to be able to you don't plan we, to beat those teams yeah we play to win but i'm not laboring under any illusions here of course but um one of the most vivid experiences i actually had from when i first started playing planet side again was from a very first outfit wars and when i was just a regular member in aod and it was one of the most fun experiences I had ever had in my entire gaming career. Getting together with so many fellow members for a single event, which was really very climactic because it was, you know, the gold match. And there was mm-hmm. only one match, and then the season was over. Uh, and, you know, things were very, there was a aura of very serious play. You know, you were going to do the absolute best you could because of the people right next to you in game. Yeah. And you knew you were right by your brothers and sisters. Yeah. And you were going against B-Way and uh, I think the other, well, I think it was GSLD was the other outfit. You know, Uh very serious player. So you were going to give it your all. I think I played in that match. I had a ton of fun. Do you know that? I played for for, for GSLD. (laughs) Small world. Anyway. (laughs) We didn't didn't come first, but we didn't come last. But I had an absolute blast. Uh, Mm. And the, the same with the second season. So... I am, and so I imagined that this year for this season, if I could do the same thing for all the members under me, uh, it would absolutely be worth it, and I'd be willing to do it for even if there was just one guy who wanted to do outfit wars, it, it didn't matter. Uh, it's kind of special, isn't it? For it, it really is. It's a really special experience. So we went forward with it. It was definitely a stretch. Uh, we did a really big effort uh, in training everyone. Uh, you know, we ran 14, 16 trainings, and 
it just kept getting better and better. I was really impressed. Uh, every month we have a full member ops uh, alongside our just regular ops just mm -hmm. at the end of the month. And it's where we do something where we step out of our side, our comfort zone a little bit, where mm -hmm. we just form up in, you know, dedicated full member squads, make them as coordinated as possible. And, you know, we have fun that way. So more high effort. Use that, yeah, we use that opportunity to test out our uh, doctrine that we had come up with that we would go into the matches with to see how it would work. And uh, we had, this is really when we started running air uh, for the first time in years. You know, we have now a dedicated, like, air group. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we had our people in the other squads. And we were, I remember this, we were at Crossroads Watchtower. And it was mm -hmm. a 96 plus fight. And we kept getting wiped on those points. And I was force commanding. I'm sitting on top of that hill. And uh, we just keep getting wiped over and over. But I keep telling them, drop again, drop again, drop again. And they did it every single time. And I was severely impressed. Even though we got wiped off those points, uh, the coordination and the response times, you know, it was like 20 seconds between asking them. After they got wiped, they would drop in again and they would hold that point for a solid, you know, minute or so before they would get wiped again. Mm -hmm. And that gave me the confidence to go into those matches. We got steamrolled cool. in a couple. We won a couple. But, you know, it was an amazing experience. Uh, I was impressed with what we were able to prove to ourselves that we were capable of doing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, in the two-raft match, while we lost uh, on the bases uh, in terms of infantry, uh, our air got severely engaged, and we were able to stay airborne against a, a very uh, wow. formidable yeah. opponent. Two-raft in the yeah. air, no joke. Yeah, and that and our air players were really proud of that, and justly so. Yeah. Yeah, so ultimately, yeah, it was a really fun season, and that's really what's important. Anyone who had fun in the Alpha Wars are the real winners. Are you sick of Outfit Wars? <laughs> I hope not, because we're about to talk about it. For those who don't know, Planetside 2 and an MMO FPS just had a competition, a tournament called Outfit Wars, where a whole bunch of outfits fielded a platoon strength force, which is 48 players, where they face off against each other on the Nexus subcontinent, head-to-head, -head, and whoever wins continues in the bracket, whoever loses goes home, roughly speaking. Um, this event had some interesting forces on the planet side scene, and I've heard a lot of perspectives over the last few months as I had the privilege of casting 30-plus Outfit Wars matches myself and talking to the leaders of these communities afterwards. Um, this competition is perhaps a little distinct because it's really focused on the needs and issues that are faced by uh, communities that are very large and focused on the new player experience. So I hope you'll enjoy this, and if you're sick of some of these talking points about ringers and outfit identity, I understand. Um, I hope you'll stick around to the end of this conversation where uh, Red7 jumps in and shares a freshening perspective on outfit wars that I haven't had the privilege of hearing a lot of. So um, with that, enjoy. Uh, I don't know if uh, Judica said this or it was another person in VCO, but uh, he had very wise words. Uh, don't call it outfit wars because it isn't you're not dis uh, deciding who the best outfit is what should we call it if ringer wars ringer wars if, yeah <laughs> if, if you want if you want to call it infantry league or something like that i know that's already called that on dsp <laughs> but that's essentially what it is mm -hmm. honestly with all the drama i just call it love island <laughs> had some awesome conversations with some of the team captains, especially in the final weeks of the Outfit Wars. 
the VCATs. But my favorite was when was when I was interviewing Sale from Recursion and Dolphin from VCATs after their match, and Sale called out VCATs being filthy ringers. That was an amazing conversation. Um, you know, I, the, I can imagine. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the shared identity that we engage with in Planet Side is always up for grabs. People are always moving around, finding different places where they want to be. People are always wanting to find people who like approach the game the way they want to approach it. And Outfit Wars is an obvious time to reevaluate that. Still, though, it is an interesting problem. And I think for me, um, one of the things that I, that I came away with, and I don't know how to solve this problem necessarily, but um, the person who I remember most strongly saying this was, um, oh, what's the leader of KN1? I can't remember his name. Odeon. Yes, Odeon. He said that when you don't have the people who are wearing the, out, the, the tags day in and day out in live planet side representing that, that outfit in the outfit war, you lose the chance to engage with the story of those outfits. And you're fighting something that is sort of like uh, not exactly what, what you know. Like you see that tag and you, you know what to expect. I can't remember who was saying this earlier about, might have been Zip saying this earlier about how you get used to seeing the tags and anticipating them and knowing what they're going to do. And you lose something when, when the, uh, the compositions of these teams is so fluid. So I'm really sympathetic with that, um, with that complaint. Yeah. Well, I want to, oh, please go ahead. I say I have no problem with people that want to do that type of thing. You know, the competitive scene. That's great. There are people that love to play that way. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. you know, but my, my whole point always has been be honest about the name of it. It's not really an outfit war. And there are people who take a difference in my opinion of what an outfit is or isn't. I consider an outfit something where people go play together on live every week. They stay together. They do things together. To me, that's an outfit. And if, if you're not playing together day in, day out, week in, week out on the live server with the same guys, you're not really an outfit. You're, you're something built for an event. And that's what it really is at this point. And that's why VCO hasn't taken part in the last two. Mm. When you had to qualify originally on live, you were playing that's with different. your guys and you had one match. It wasn't going to become this long, drawn-out thing to where you were going to have, you know, the smaller outfits, they never really have a chance because you have to have a platoon. So they have to bring people in. Now, I know a lot of people are thinking when they've made the um, comment in their development path that they're going to be do, doing something with alliances and things like that. I'm okay with that. If you're going to have a formal alliance of small existing live outfits to make a group big enough to fight in outfit wars, that's not a problem. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But I'm not a fan of people bringing in ringers to stack something for this. Don't call it Outfit Wars. Call it something else. Because it's not really Outfit Wars, in my opinion. I, I second that by uh, Judica. And I will say, uh, AOD's never rung for any other outfit or uh, brought in our own ringers for any of our Outfit Wars. Like We did all our stuff ourselves. Yeah. I'm of the opinion that Outfit Wars split the planet side community between the competitive scene and the live scene. The server pop just absolutely tanked whenever Outfit Wars came out. But 
you have two different sets of players. You have the everyday player that just wants to click heads, and then you have the competitive players. Isn't playing yeah, better I have... when, when there's content for both of those kinds of players? Oh. Yeah. I think, I'm... like, I, I'm from the opinion that the, the problem with the Outfit Wars is in the scale that they try to implement it. I think that Outfit Wars in, in like, essence should be like a more competitive form of the alert meta like playing the map is what we do right the the outfits are around because we enjoy going around the map it, this is our playground right this is what we do is go around the map trying to win alerts and uh what what they want to capture is the sort of experience that the infantry main guys enjoy but it, you are not going to get a good experience in this time in the life cycle of the game with a 48-man format. I think the the mistake there was that they should have went with a single squad and have a competitive format with a single squad. It's mm. not as interesting because it doesn't have the scale of Planetside, but it would solve all these problems, right? And then maybe give us something in the alert meta, right? Like uh, an alert on the weekend on prime time that is worth a bit more. You know, so we all have a time to everybody get online and play and show, you know, our skills on live. And and then you have the best of both worlds, right? The infantry guys who like competitive scene and are playing like harder than all of us can have their space in the competitive scene. And they are not going to need to, you know, split up their own groups because I, I bet a lot of these people, they would love to have gotten in, you know, with their own tags and bring their own prideful groups into the game. But yeah just we're not able because of the scale there yeah, yeah i think that's one of the things totally remember that's one of the things for I've, a squad size competition go ahead judoka that's one of the things i've called for since the beginning of the outfit wars as i said there yeah. should be sizing you know of you know categorize so mm -hmm. you have a one to twelve man outfit war squad for the small outfits those elite fits those guys who are those supreme infantry guys that really that's what they do with their tiny one squad groups. Then you have the midfits, they could run a, you know, a 24 man outfit war. And then you have the large outfits, the VCOs, the SKLs, the ODRs, they could do the full platoon outfit wars. I really always have thought it should be like fights like, and if you do that, then you can actually have an outfit war. Yeah. Yeah, I I understand I understand what the craving is for that level of fairness. You still run into problems where there are outfits like Gobs as an example who I mean they came together they came from Connery to Emerald um maybe there's something about them that I don't know but as far as I know they they're, they're not a Frankenstein elite outfit. They didn't they didn't bring in a bunch of ringers like those are their guys and they just ran over no no before. yeah like the the emerald outfit wars was like the people who deserved it won like there's no discussion about that like gobs recursion and vktz are absolute top outfits right now and yeah. and they brought in their players right that you can have one or two people here and there maybe a bit more maybe a handful of people that joined in but in the end of the day, their core, like the vast majority of people there are just people who play with them. 
Mm-hmm. Right? You may recruit one guy or someone asks to be in your team and is a top player around and they join one of their, the teams out there. But they, they absolutely deserve to be where they are. I, I just, it, it doesn't feel like a, a pleasant experience for everybody is what I feel like. And it doesn't yeah. have to be, right? The competitive scene in anywhere doesn't have to be like a pleasant experience for everybody. But it, it, at this point in the life cycle of the game, where you have such a small player base in general, I think that having something that caters to just a small portion of the player base is not a really smart decision there. You you can give them something, but you you need to kind of, you know, sate the, the thirst of the majority of the player base as well. Like you, you need to give to, you know, the most people that you can. And uh, a smaller format would both just give the good players what they want and the big outfits could just, you know, stick to live and do something in there. Because that, that's honestly what we kind of enjoy doing. You know, I loved Outfit Wars. I, I think it was just amazing. A great experience all around. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if that's how I would have done it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, allow me to chip in, gentlemen, if I may. Um, listening to all of your comments, which were spot on, by the way, uh, all of you. Um, there is only one reason why we are having this conversation right now. Only one. And that is because Outfit Wars happens about once a year. And hmm. uh, last Outfit Wars took quite a while before it happened. If the event were to happen more often on a predetermined and well-known schedule, it would lose some of the glamour. However, you would have less surprises. And if you could run different types of Outfit Wars, be it the Desolation or the Nexus ones, you could easily cater to different types of communities. So the only reason people have so many hot takes and so many positive or negative experiences is simply because this is a very irregular event. Mm-hmm. What Planet Side requires, truly, is a... Think of it like a yearly calendar, a schedule of competitive events that are hosted either officially or unofficially by the Jaeger community. Mm -hmm. Exactly. In a way, to publicly promote to the general audience, Lane Smash is a thing. PIL, or the name has changed, has changed, my apologies, I forgot it, uh, is a thing. And to give each of those things equal exposure. So now mm-hmm. you have content that is catered to different types of people and is quite regular. Additionally, if I can take a step back and touch on one of the topics um, regarding ringers. I, I know this is a bit of a dead horse right now, but it's something that's been on my mind and I would like to use this opportunity to set out. Um, I remember there was some drama regarding ringers and VCATs. And I would like to tell the community why I think the whole drama happened. It's because VCATs did one fatal mistake. Just one. During their interviews, they often said that they cannot believe how people mistook VCATs, the outfit, for VCATs, the competitive team. But they made no effort to make the distinction. If they had taken their own players and their newly found friends and created a different outfit and called it VCATs competitive, then they would have absolutely no difficulties with the community. For example, Orax worked with Turaf. We were partnered up and we made sure the community knew about it. 
pretty much everyone in the Emerald community was well aware that we had been working together for more than a month even before Outer Wars took place. And so there were no issues on that front. As for we cats, they, we simply knew that they had friends and the transparency that people were looking for wasn't there. So if this were to become a more regular event, then such things would become more commonplace. Outfits would form around outfit wars mm -hmm. and they, you would have outfits that are catering to live play and outfits that are catering to outfit wars and both and the community would be in, in my opinion, a healthier place but the numbers might disagree with me. So now I can uh, rest my peace for the next 15 minutes. Gentlemen, take it away. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, Sarlo. Um, yeah, I, I want to, if I can, try to reach a conclusion here on this Outfit Wars sidebar, which is so fascinating. Um, uh, but it's a topic that can be discussed for hours. Um, whatever... Whatever the means is, I think the thing that we all, that perhaps we're all sensing, and if I'm reading the room right, is that we all think that outfit tag should mean something. And when you see it, it should mean something. And it's interesting the way outfits get used for outfit wars and going back to Judoka's first comment about don't call it outfit wars, because outfits mean something and they should. It's the backbone of what this game is y'all are this what's happened today is the example of that this charity event that was created by y'all that wouldn't have happened without your communities coming together to cooperate and do this so that does that deserves to be honored and respected and my thought if i had if and i don't know where this goes about outfit wars and ringers is maybe what people need isn't ringer protection or you know different size competitions but an, a reason to stay within the same outfit between outfit wars a reason to, to stay on the same tag between outfit wars i don't know what that looks like exactly maybe it's what you suggested sarlo maybe it's a season of events i do think that there's difficulty with promoting and en engaging the general player base with anything that goes on on jaeger sadly because Quite frankly, the player tags don't make sense. That's a huge loss. Um, I can I can explain that. Yeah. Because when uh, Jaeger first came around, Plantside Battles was given about a thousand accounts by the devs mm -hmm. for use on Jaeger, and uh, they didn't have enough people to create all the characters on those accounts. So in order to do it, they contacted Sentesis, who is uh, the EXO of the division at the time, and leading the Reaper team. And the AOD Reapers went through all the character uh, accounts and created the characters. And that's why you see, like, giant uh, stretches of, like, uh, black characters or <laughs> female characters. Because, you know, they got bored and they had to, like, break up the monotony somehow. Absolutely. Yeah. But they just well, got to be numbered like that. I'm grateful Jaeger exists at all, that the devs bother supporting it at all. It's a huge yeah, asset and, for us to have. It. And Plantside Battles does an amazing job. Uh, yeah, shout out to those they guys. Over there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there are some insane people in the community doing volunteer work, right? Like uh, even all of us, like people maintaining outfits, doing like the tools that we use every day, like Maelstrom for Planetside uh, alerts. Right. Uh, the people who keep the Planetside wiki up, 
you know, there's these API wizards and people just maintaining all of these hardware we use. So yeah, that, there's definitely quite a few legends out there. Totally. Can I jump in on the uh, Outfit Wars thing? Yeah, say your piece and also introduce yourself, uh, Red7. I don't think we've sure. heard from you yet. Hey, everybody. I'm going to use a dirty word to describe myself. I don't mean to offend any of you. I'm actually a casual Planetside player. <gasps> oh, God. God. Record My scratch. God. AOD is a lot of casuals. Uh, see, now, uh, I actually organized some watch parties for our outfit for the last two Outfit Wars. Oh, cool. So we could all get online on Discord and watch this game that we love played at a really high level. I just wanted to say everybody who participated, thank you. Thank you so much. We really enjoyed watching uh, and participating kind of that way. We had our teams that we cheered for, SKL. I have an alt in SKL, so we, we had some fun cheering for <laughs> there them. We go. There we go. It was a good time. Um, GG's, bro. Yeah. So for, for, for me and, and uh, some of our guys, uh, I just wanted to say thanks for that. Um, it's a different perspective, I think, on, on our side. And um, it's probably not one that comes up on shows like this very often. So I thought I would jump in and say it's it's an incredible experience to watch you guys um, do what you do with that level. Blows us away. We are in awe at your skill and your abilities. It, I, I can't believe that that can happen, honestly. It's great. So just thanks, guys. It's awesome. It's a really cool perspective, Dan. Thank you should for also, uh, saying that. Thank Plantside Bowels because uh, I don't know what they did, but getting all the community content creators together to cast mm. an ungodly amount of matches for uh, those many weeks, and nearly every match uh, got cast all the way from the playoffs to the very finals. And yeah. uh, Deeg cast a few matches. He actually cast one of uh, AOD's matches, and I thought the yeah. coverage was very yeah. nice, so thank you. Yeah, I casted about 36 matches by the end of it. Goodness. Wow. Like that. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't community. just Emerald, it was all the servers. Well, I, I was doing Emerald and was beyond the roof. But I was, yep. I enjoyed it a lot. I was very happy to put it in my rear view the week after, though. Like, I think a lot of teams were by the time Outfit Wars was over. But it yep. was an incredible that, that moment. There was definitely the a lot of that. Yeah. Well, um, Gentlemen, I'm just so grateful to you, to your communities, for doing things like this, for showing up on my stream and talking to me about your stories and about the people that you show up for and game with every single day. Um, I'm not going anywhere with this. I just want to say thank you and great game to every one of you. Really appreciate it, Deeg. It's, it's really nice. Like, uh, we all know, like, our game doesn't get a lot of attention. And, and having, like, you guys, the content creators out there that are still, you know, putting in the work and, and giving us the content that we are looking for. Because th this is all for us in the end of the day as well, right? We, we're kind of participating with you guys here on something that we all consume in one level or another. Mm -hmm. Arshi, Dig, uh, Sirius, everybody that's out there producing for planet side too uh we know that it's not like the the largest community that you could have uh and uh we we may not be the the most positive community also but we we like to think that we're a 
we're a bit of a special community and uh, we're very thankful for everybody that's out there doing the the hard job of creating content for our game as well so it's it's really nice to have the opportunity and uh you know getting in touch and planning a few things and just getting to talk about you know what we do in our beloved game amen brother gg to all the other creators out there and thank you on my part GGs. i love doing this i i can tell I can tell you, you're really engaged with your content, Teague. And I appreciate it because it's, you know, it's a, a kind of deep conversation that goes just beyond surface level about Planetside. And I, I enjoy that. I think it's it's important to talk, you know, not just about, you know, what's on the outside and, and go a bit deeper into, you know, each and every one of the, mm -hmm. the kind of relevant topics that we have. Right, because it honestly, like all of us are way deeper into planet side than we all should at this point, and uh, it's only fair that we we take that into our conversations as well. I think. Yeah, well, we're all people first. So yep, absolutely. Yeah. Love to come back to the human angle, and uh, it's. Uh, I think that when it comes to hobbies like these, that there is a, just a convenient cultural shorthand that a lot of people are comfortable with of, you know, we're here to waste our time. We're here to kill time. We're here to distract ourselves. We're here to escape something. And sure, you can use an experience like this to do all those things. But I also think that there's an access to something available via planet side events like these and communities like yours that that sits far above all those very base human methods of coping. And that, that there are things you can get out of these experiences that rise above coping into something useful for our human souls. And I like to try to find that and speak to that. So that's, that's what makes me excited to meet every single one of you. Sarlo, Arrow, Mike Zat, Orbi, Judoka, and Red7, who I think we're going to talk more in a moment. Um, Pleasure has been all mine. It's been a pleasure, absolutely. Your insight absolutely. is spot on. And with that, I think I will take my leave. Have a productive debate, everyone. I look forward to watching the recordings uh, of what you say behind my back. <laughs> we'll make it spicy. Don't worry, I'll find you behind my bag, writer. <laughs> oh, boy. Just you try. Thanks, everyone, <laughs> and congrats on the on the fundraising me. goals that we hit, that, that, that this community hit. Great game to everyone who contributed to that. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> well, Dig, uh, is this a wrap-up? Yeah, we... I think we're good, dude. This was right. really fun. I'm, I might Sounds have some good. other folks from the stream jump in, and we'll do something we'll, we'll talk to, but... Uh, Thank you so much for doing this, for making the time to come commune with me. It's been awesome. Yep, really appreciate it. Yep, thank you for having us in, Big. I really appreciate yep. that. Yeah, a bit of a mismatch of topics there. <laughs> but the like hopefully, it. hopefully some valuable stuff too. Really appreciate I, it, Dig. I think so. TG, guys. See you on the next one. Thanks for having us. Next up is Scorch. 
Scorch is a planetside nomad of sorts, and we had a nice conversation about his path through the planetside scene and how he's really taken up the challenge of enjoying the planetside social sandbox for what it is. And uh, this conversation also talks about his 10 years in Planetside 2 and how he's come not just as a player, but as a person and gone from being someone who was maybe seen as a little bit of a problem to being someone who can be seen as something more of an example for other players. So thanks, Scorch, and enjoy. Hi, Scorch. You're live on the stream and hopefully unmuted. I'm here. What's going on? Hey, dude. My audio all good? You sound good to me. Good, good. What's going on, man? This is our just, formal introduction. I've just been hiding in chat for the last few months. That's all. Yeah, it's it's an, it's an exciting moment. I've definitely seen your name pop up a bunch. So uh, introduce yourself to the fine folks, Scorch. Uh, who are you and where might we know, we know you in Planetside? Uh, I go by Operator Scorch and Planetside usually or other variants of that. I've been around since the game came out, actually. I was 17 when it dropped. I'm 27 now. It's crazy. Uh-huh been through been playing a for a whole decade huh? and, the whole time yeah the whole time i will admit it's been very light the last few years it's uh i don't know i went through like this journey of uh how much video how much video game time should i have as an adolescent um yeah and 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 as a young adult so i how I do you answer that time well i had a lot more time when i was a teenager yep and then as a college student where, you know, you can sort of uh, determine your own schedule for the first time in your life, it's like, doesn't seem like much of a coincidence that suddenly I gave myself plenty of time to play Planetside. Who'd thunk? <laughs> and uh, I got pretty good, I'd say. I, I, I feel like that was my personal journey was, you know, when there was, when there wasn't community stuff to do, I was, I was trying to get better at FPSs and I feel like I did eventually achieve that goal. And then when that was done, it was time to, I don't know, play other games. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can't so climb you... to the top ever that's just chasing the dragon i'd say i've 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 chased that dragon before man it uh i don't know it has diminishing returns exactly yeah i would agree with that yeah man so 10 years 17 to 27 um oh <sighs> The question I want to ask you, and if it's too personal, that's okay. You don't have to answer it. Is how, what kind of person were you when you started playing Planet Side, and how, how have you changed in the 10, these 10 years? And how's that been reflected in the way you engage with this game and its community? It's a big question. Well, I'm, I, I was definitely a lot more rash of a person with a lot uh, shorter of a temper. Um, and that's being, that's kind of, that goes hand in hand with being a teenager. So I guess that's to be expected, but, um, I was definitely, I would say, cause I participated very heavily in the early game. I was big into the two outfits that I was in for about four or five years there, but like two and a half years each, something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I was definitely way more impulsive, um, and less tactful and like my people skills weren't as good mm. and my patience with like myself and other people equally was just terrible hmm. so i had this impatience with myself and like get wanting to be better at the game and running into like hardware problems you know limitations and frame rate and stuff like that but yeah can kind of hold you down in this game 
Yeah. Um, and then that goes with, you know, your, your money situation. And then my people skills was just being able to um, help run those communities better. And I think myself at 27 would have done a lot of shit differently. I would have like been a much more being being kinder to people and mm. and um i would say policing myself better so that i am in a better position to police other people and not necessarily police i guess that's not the right word but to to like help you know lead people help guide people is that the um, right example i was never i was never yeah i was never at the top of either of those outfits but i was very active and very vocal so uh-huh. you know when decisions were coming up or uh, you know, big events like Service Mesh or Outfit, the original Outfit Wars, I was at the C- Community Clash. That was mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, like that stuff can put a lot of stress on people when they're trying to like run this overly organized hobby, uh-huh. essentially. I think a lot of those outfits, um, people can end up treating it like a job yes. uh, or like a yes. part-time job. And that mm-hmm. can be so stressful for people, especially when you have like clashing personalities or people with like completely opposing philosophies and i saw a lot of that and was mm-hmm. not good at helping people bridge that gap or find common ground and i mm. had trouble finding common ground with other people and then that caused this like stupid you know that it's you, you can you can very quickly find yourself not helping at all mm. yeah there there are a lot of ways to make a bad situation worse right yeah so i i suppose learning how that can be the case and like stumbling in the setting of just video game clans is probably good for a teenager or a person in their early 20s to learn that um actually i i do have a good example of how that pays off because um back in about 2021 i would say so like kind of the late COVID lockdowns and stuff like that for a lot of us um I went back and, and a friend of a friend needed help running an Arma 3 crew that they wanted oh, to start. So okay. it's kind of um, one of the only other games I've encountered where you can get a really big, uh, like, military-esque organization, like a planetside outfit with, like, mm-hmm. leaders and, you know, your game nights, your events or whatever, where you're getting 40 or 50 people together into a team speak and you're all kind of in the same instance together. There's not a lot of like MMOs and games that right. in, in, in the 2020s that you can do that in. And that's what I was always so drawn to in video games. Yeah. And um, I did, I would think, a lot better that time around. Um, and I ended up being pretty central to that crew. Uh, but just like real life constraints made it really impossible. Um, and then I had a couple instances. This was only about six months. I helped run this little Arma 3 crew. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun as heck, too. It was like mm. a Arma 3 mods, uh, super modded client. It was all Halo stuff. And I, I loved it. Huh. Um, and I was like running the, I was doing like all the writing, the fan fiction for the whole role oh play campaign. God. So like I, awesome. I read all the Halo books and stuff, and uh, oh we would my load god, up, like, you're such a nerd! I love months. it. Oh yeah, dude, it was great. <laughs> um, so I was writing all this like fan fiction and like inserting our unit into it, and it was like it was Arma three, but it was so heavily modded, it was like unrecognizable. It was oh a fantastic god. time. 
Um, but then I saw myself in some of these younger guys who were causing so many problems. Um, so I like they did a traditional military structure. So there was like a, a guy who called himself a major who like ran it, um, you know, and there would be like a, a fixed roster of guys. So every time you logged into the server, you had like the same squad leaders and stuff. And that was like practical, too. It was about organizing all these guys, you know. You get 30 guys and you have to kill 400 AI. So <laughs> you got to figure out how you're going to do that. And the way uh -huh. to do that is by like playing like a team and having these like communications set up and stuff. It was uh -huh. fun. It was a good, it was just a good time, but I couldn't do it forever. And I was watching so many of these younger guys who felt like they wanted to do things differently or felt like they could do things better. And I would, Funny enough, I would give some of them an opportunity to try to do things better with a little bit of guidance and a little bit of help. And um, sometimes they just couldn't do it, but they would still be angry and they could still make things worse uh, without getting into too much specifics. But yeah, after about six months of that, I had enough because uh, I was working too much and sleeping. Um, I tried that like binary sleep schedule for that where oh, you kind of sleep like four hours two? at a time. How did that work for uh, you? It works, but you it was like I was always a little tired. Like I was never getting quite refreshed until I had my days off. Um, and then I could sleep for like 16 hours. And, and yeah, that was, it wasn't great. I wouldn't recommend it. Sure, sure. So yeah. you said that you recognize that there were some young guys who were maybe behaving like you had in the past and be being a little impatient, a little unkind. That's setting the right example. How do you, how do you, when you see that in yourself, what do you do about it? How well, do you set a better I, example? I know that I can't, it, you can have a little bit of remorse, but you have to, you have to just, um, identify, I think you, man, that's hard. Mm -hmm. Identifying where things go wrong, I think is good and how they went wrong. So it, it requires like a, a lot of self-reflective um, time, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and like sometimes, especially when you're just talking to people over a TeamSpeak or a Discord, I guess Discord has webcams now, but like you, you're you not necessarily connecting all the way on a human level. Right, um, especially over so video games. It's hard to know your mm -hmm. audience and it's hard to know exactly what they're thinking, um, eye contact and expression. And I've actually, that's, I've reminded friends, real life friends of that too, because sometimes people have arguments over text messages or phone calls. And right. That's, that's. Do that's it face no to good. face. You're, Do yourself a favor. Yeah. If it's really important, you need to tell them this is really important. Let's talk face to face. And, mm -hmm. but when you're, when you're doing this stupid part-time job stuff with these video game crews, you can, uh, you, it can be kind of hard to talk to some yeah. guy from Chicago, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. the, the best way to do it is is maybe preemptive. Um, it's maybe it's not putting yourself into the position of um, those failures and knowing when to walk away. And it, mm -hmm. I don't say I'm not saying always have an a you always need your full exit strategy, but like understand that there's doors to this stuff. Mm -hmm. And like what I had to do with that little Arma Three crew a couple of years ago, I was like, guys, I have to walk away. I I can't. I'm not getting enough sleep. Mm -hmm. um this is too much stress and uh yeah 
That yeah. was kind of what it came down to. It must have been hard to do, especially after you put so much investment into it. We had some really good times. Um, I did like two two big campaigns where I sort of um, went into the mission editor and, and built maps for it, and uh, we we you know so you assessed our mods and I've never and played good Arma times. Three. You create like actual like like campaigns or like is yeah, it like creating yeah. like a, like a like a like a Warcraft Three level with a story like like what what is it exactly? Um. It's so it the it, at the individual player level, it's yeah. a first person shooter. Um, right. The closest relatives are going to be your like Milsim games that that Lex hates, like your <laughs> your squads and your uh, um, what's it like uh, the the World War Two stuff that's been coming out more recently. I don't remember their names to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a lot like Squad, I would say. Mm. Um, but the the technology behind it, I guess, is a they have a little bit more of that like military industrial complex money because they sell um, versions of their software to like militaries to like <laughs> use as software for like That's simulators sweet and stuff. Government money. Yeah, yeah. Is, if you look up virtual battle space, I think is what it's called. So they get okay. a little bit of that on the side, but their game goes back a while. Um, I think the original game was called Operation Flashpoint. So it's like okay. it's like a Milsim game, um, and then it, it I, the best way I would describe it is it has like a Halo Forge, um, like attached to it, so you can make these uh, all these maps. Uh, you can place AI. It's PvP and PVE, and there's like a, a faction system, so the computer can kind of identify units behind the scenes uh, under the hood. Um, full object editing, so you could like build stuff. Um, the optimization has never been great, so you, there's a limit mm. to how much you can build into sure. a map. Mm. Um, and the AI is pretty limited, but funny enough, it's so open for modders that they uh, they figured out ways of like offloading all of that AI processing. Yeah, it, yeah, it, man. It gets deep. Yeah, it gets deep. I believe and it. It's fully moddable. Like I said, we would install like 50 gigs of mods, but that was only That's... that was only my later stage to this. Obviously, this is this was all after two big planet side clans the first one was mm -hmm. rage quit the second one was voip so we we're matherson and emerald mm. and then i i switched over i had a couple of years of just playing by myself and playing with real life friends and mm -hmm. then i did this little armor project and it mm -hmm. kind of gave me this this sort of before and after of uh being the sort of yeah like the young and patient guy and the more experienced guy with a little bit more uh empathy would you say that that these are lessons you learned outside the game and then brought them into the game, or would you say these are lessons that Planet Side helped you work on? Uh, definitely both. Hmm. Um, around the same time, I stopped playing uh, with the Planet Side uh, outfit for good, and I just decided I'm going to solo casual Planet Side and just you know maybe work on my own individual performance. Um, I floated to like other uh, team speaks and stuff, which was actually really fun. Because huh. um, I finally got to play with the guys that drove me nuts. Uh, what was that like? Uh, that was really, I mean, it was fine. Because it was, these were, I mean, they're all good guys. That's why yeah. I said in chat earlier, like Planet Side drama surface level. Every time I tried wow. a new clan, they would be like, or a new outfit, they would be like, hey, uh, oh, I hate that guy. Um, mm -hmm. was it, I, I remember there was, a, there was a character named Wisdom Cube. Mm. Um, 
and and I played with Wisdom Cube a couple of times, and he was really cool to hang out with and nice. And then I'd go one Discord over. I think I, I played with like Notorious the next day or so, mm-hmm. or the next week or something. And then Notorious, somebody in there was like, "I fucking hate Wisdom Cube." I was like, hey, he's, "I don't know. He was nice to me." <laughs> and that repeat that for like fifteen other people, like other individuals. Yeah, um, it was like that all the time. All, all a lot of those big personalities from like Emerald, I would hear that all the time. I'd be, you know. Somebody would be out there, and be like, "I fucking hate Das on Fall. They're they're all a bunch of assholes." And I'd be like yeah. playing with Das on Fall like once or twice a week, you know, in there. They're actually <laughs> pretty great. cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I liked. Uh, I played with Das on Fall a lot. Um, my concho still sends me messages when he sees me in game and tells me uh, to get on the team speak. Um, uh huh. Uh-huh. And then I played with uh, Gelos and the Black Arrows a lot. Mm. Um back when they were really big like when the jokers and the black arrows like merged um i played in their team speak a lot and just ran into a lot of guys i played with the iron team speak a bit mm. um so kind of like the more <laughs> esoteric farmer groups mm-hmm. <laughs> those guys uh are on another level they're on another planet as far as i can tell i think half of them are insane um, what was it that uh that gave you the idea to go and drop in on these communities of people who you played against maybe you raged against what how, how did you get the idea to do that um i i think i started getting better and i kind of got out of the the like terminal um like 2kd heavy life that uh-huh. I, I guess lex might describe it as and surfing i got over pop. i started getting away for that yeah surfing over pop yeah uh-huh. Uh-huh. and i started working on my own fps skills my real life friends wanted to play other games so we play like a little bit of Battlefield, which I I swear by Battlefield plus Planet Side makes you better at Planet Side. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and and they wanted to play like Rainbow Six Siege, some of the other games that I was like bad at because all I was this I was the Planet Side safe spacer, right? Like uh-huh. that was the only uh-huh. FPS I played. Mm. Um, so, so if I wanted to get better at at one FPS, I had to get better at like all. It's like FPS universalism. So I, I needed to get those core skills up and I found the best way to get better at planet side was definitely just playing around some of those really good players and seeing where they go and what kind of classes they're playing in different fights. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and like what angles and flanks they like to use. You, um, you accepted the social sandbox that planet side is in a big way. Yes. Sounds like, yes. Hmm. It definitely changed my views. It's why I didn't. I don't think I ever went back to playing with an outfit. Mm. Um, I played with TIW for a little while too. Those guys were just like nice. They just scooped me up when I wanted to play somewhere. Cool, cool. Yeah, there was there was a good time just like playing in a lot of these other outfits. Uh, and it's interesting because, so so in like 2013, 2014 Planet Side. I had a bunch of moments while I was still with rage quit at the time. I was like one of their officers. So like Mm -hmm. one, uh, you know, I didn't own the thing, but I was like one of the cadre that would run it or whatever. Um, as, as a shitty teenager (laughs) Mm. and, and I would see these other outfits playing the game or I had, I could sit down and watch a stream of like a TR outfit on our server uh, you know, name one like v- Validus Gamers at the time, or like First Terran Rangers. I think they're still around. Um, or the Enclave was the big one. Everybody loved mm. watching them. Some buzz, right. and uh, it was like people were playing a completely different game. 
um, the way that they would talk about the game, um, some of the ways that their outfits would play were radically different. I especially uh-huh. noticed that with with the higher levels of play, like watching Das on Fall Guys, right? Um, like videos or um, montages of guys who could run into a room and go five versus one and come out on top with five mm-hmm. headshots, mm-hmm. and and yeah, so that 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 was always kind of there, but I think. Um, at the time, just being stubborn and wanting to push forward with where I was and maybe help that grow uh, kept me from from really broadening my horizons. Mm. So I, I think once you do that a little bit, you kind of open yourself up to that uh, that change and you sort of accept the game for what it is and not what you think it is. Um, and I think I see that a lot to this day with, with sort of like I would describe as like the mid-fits and the zerg-fits. Mm-hmm. Um, is a lot of players who maybe don't accept the whole game for what it is mm-hmm. um, and maybe accept the game for the idea of what they want it to be. Yeah, man. So, and whole... then I think once I opened up like that and I was no longer beholden to like any one outfit or whatever, they all just kind of fizzled out. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one one exploded spectacularly, one fizzled out. <laughs> it's the way it goes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then once I was no longer beholden to that, I think, um, and that was a personal decision to be, to be beholden to it. Sure. Again, remember what I said about, except that there's a, a door that you can go out. Absolutely. Um, there always is. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, yeah, I opened myself up to that change and all these new guys who could teach me stuff. And that was fantastic. I think for mm-hmm. my personal experience and then some, you know, I gave myself some room to grow in real life. Um, you know, take care of the family, take care of the job, take care of yourself. And um, coming back every once in a while to that game now, I would say the last give or take three years, mm-hmm. um, even though I'm not playing nearly as much, it's like mm-hmm. I can I can play the game for like a day, maybe a session or two and get right back to where I was. Right. Um, and just sort of hit the ground running. And then it's like, OK, I think. I think this 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 part of my life is now maxed out. I've hit max level uh, yeah. as a planet man. I've filled I've i filled that journey, and you I even when I got to the journey, I experienced the end game, which was you know I did my it's like an MMO. I did my grind and I did my time with the end game. So right. I did the outfit thing. I did the the server smash thing and the community clash thing. Um, and I got those experiences and then I took some time away and came back, took some time away and came back and sort of did the end game thing of like being a farmer and a solo player and, uh, and a social butterfly mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. getting, making myself really good at the game, at least what I would consider. I fulfilled my potential. That's beautiful, and, uh, man. There's an arc yeah, to life. There's a good journey. There's an arc to planet side, isn't there? And we all go through it. Um, yeah. Scorch, thank you for jumping in man telling us your story about your 10 years of planet side learning to be patient kind set a better example um really really cool getting to talk to you yeah man and it's it's been good watching your streams um i think i think uh it gives me a way to the listening to you gives shapes to what i think about that journey or how mm. i think about that journey mm. so giving a chance to to put everything to words is a great opportunity. Um, but I think watching you the last few months sort of gave me the words to form it in my own head. Even if I had never had the intention of sharing it, this was just spur of the moment. 
speaking is thinking and you can start with using someone else's words yeah it's all good man. nice nice looks like we got a couple of waiters so i'll stand aside all right scorch gg brother i'll definitely see you around yeah i'll see you around ggs good talk good talk okay next up we have red seven who gave us the charming anecdote just a little bit ago about being a casual player hosting watch parties for outfit wars and how much he enjoyed that i can't wait to hear more from this this gentleman Now we come back to Red7, who shared with us that charming anecdote about watching Outfit Wars with his buddies. It turns out that Red7's buddies are actually a group of gamers who are self-admitted gaming boomers and who have been gaming together since the 90s in LAN parties. So we got to talk about that, what it's been to get, like to game over the years, and just hear a really interesting, different perspective on Planetside from someone who's maybe a little bit more over the hill in their approach to video games compared to what you hear about day to day on Reddit, social media, and everywhere else. A really great conversation. Thank you, Red7. Shout out and uh, everyone else. Enjoy. Red7, you're live on the stream. Are you still with us? Red7 did let me know that he might have to step away at any moment to do uh, deal with domestic duties. So that might be what's happening here. We'll give him we'll give him a minute. Give him a minute. Tucano hey, nerd. Oh hey, there he is. Welcome Thanks back. It's my it's yeah. my pleasure. I am so charmed by that anecdote you shared about the outfit wars watch parties. Yeah, we uh we had a blast with those. Um, yeah, it's a it's a different perspective to watch people play this game at that level without them shooting at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know I'm I'm really curious what you think because as someone who was casting a lot of events, I mean a, a lot of time I'm not I'm not sure who exactly is watching. Like, is it? Only the people who are appearing in these outfit wars just want to see themselves in action, which, by the way, is totally natural and totally cool. Sure. Or are there well, people... Well, you got to scope out the enemy, too, you know? And, yeah, doing research, <laughs> very important. But are there also yeah. folks who are just Planetside fans, aren't in the event, and just want to see this? And you answered that question for me. Yeah, absolutely. We love, we love to watch it. Um, two years ago, there was one light assault was just totally nagging one point solo and uh -huh. he was he was <laughs> he was keeping that point flipping constantly over and over and i wish i could remember that player's name but i can't i'm, I'm really sorry uh, i'm sure um, it'll come back to you when you're laying down for bed tonight <laughs> probably <laughs> it was yeah it was yeah. it was absolutely incredible to watch uh the impact that one player could have on mm -hmm. outfit wars mm -hmm. because it's i you know uh, I'm, a, I'm a mostly solo player and a casual player at that, and I have a small outfit of, what, 10 semi-regular players? Mm -hmm. And uh, we're all over 50. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh we cannot nice. twitch with the youngins at all. We can't. Um, but we just like to try to contribute in any way that we possibly can to the fight, you know? Of course. Uh, so and how do y'all we'll usually do that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll pull Sundays. We'll bring them up when we see that there's a fight that's getting low, you know. 
mm-hmm. um, if uh, if uh, if there's a <laughs> if there's an opportunity to play medic, I'll jump right in. That's probably my main class. I'll jump in. I'll play medic. Yeah. Um, or uh, if there's a max crash, uh, I'm not going to play max. I'll play the NG. Right. I'll I'll support. I'll support. I'll support. Cool. Cool. Anything that I can do to feel like I can contribute is going to be a good time. How um, did? Uh huh. Yeah. That's... How did your your group of 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 fellow uh, similar generation players? How did y'all find each other? That's actually one of the stories I wanted to share. I'm so um, curious. So I had a static group in DDO for the longest time. Oh. And uh, and uh, we Wait, played DDO. DDO. Unpack that. Dungeons and Dragons Online. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Got it. Dungeons and Dragons Online. We played that MMO for a long time. Um, before that, we were in WoW. Um, mm. Wow. Before that's that, true. was it? I can't even remember what it was before DDO. Um, but yeah, we've been on. We've been together playing for a long time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so, like behind the scenes, there's uh, let's say there's about a hundred to make the math easy. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, let's say ten of those are planet side players mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um three are pretty pretty mostly mostly three of us are into this game primarily speaking um sure. other people still play ddo i still go back and play that sometimes right. some still play wow um you know if i if i go and i look some of them are actually currently playing call of duty apparently mm-hmm. that's a thing these days right yeah they um, had a war zone this came out a new war zone thing. yeah they're they're royale or i don't know i find yeah. call of duty to be a little impenetrable as, as an outsider but it's a thing yeah actually one of our players um who actually plays planet side regularly he's formerly world ranked oh. cod player shit yeah uh he's you know his his first drop into planet side he was he was swearing up a storm i can say <laughs> it's a very, a very different experience you know? it is very i'm sure it's very different and uh plant side always offers something unique to new players uh warm welcome yeah. um so world of warcraft came out in what like 2005 it's like 18 years old how old yeah. how long has this group been together oh shit. it goes back to the 90s honestly oh my god uh, we we started originally as a land party group where you know we we had so and so and so and so had a router and a switch and of uh, course I remember right? lands dude you know uh, blue network cable running all over the house and uh, people yeah. tripping over it and <laughs> and surprising heat yeah. the CRTs can throw off in the in an enclosed Incredible. space <laughs> yeah man yeah yeah. Nine hours of CRTs gives off a certain smell you can't forget, oh, you know? <laughs> it does. It does. Yes. Yeah. We uh, we've been we've been we've been doing this thing for a real long time. That's trying to incredible. figure out how to how trying to figure out how to keep it fun. Uh is kind of the main problem that we have. We can't really be competitive anymore, you know? Mm. Like I cannot twitch game to save my life at all. Mm-hmm. My reflexes are just not there. We've slowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, I mean, I can still win about 50-50 of the 1v1s I find myself in, even as a pilot and a scythe. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, not, uh, I'm not completely incapable at this game, but coming back around to watch parties and enjoying 
uh, outfit wars played at that level what i can see some of those pilots do it just it just blows me away like right. they're just constantly right on the edge of absolute catastrophe to get one <laughs> shot right like yeah if, if they just if they if they like you know the number of times i've accidentally hit the e key <laughs> <laughs> and eject it out like oh, no. I, I, I have to play light assault in in my scythe just in case primarily <laughs> drifters you know <laughs> oh yeah yeah drifters and c4 is the way to go um, yeah yeah man well i mean i kind of relate to you like i'm 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 gonna be 40 next year i've been i've been with planet side since i was a college student you know 20 years ago and really? uh I mean, for me, I I was uh, I was trying to join Bushido Way. I'm not sure if you are familiar with them. Uh, I am. Yeah, and uh, you know they're pretty good players, and they're pretty yeah. young for the most part. And I I, I just realized it wasn't going to work for me, and I had to try to find some way, some other way to be part of this community than being a very very good Planet Side player. And uh, all of a sudden, interviews and talking to people jumped up to me, and I was like, oh. I can still be a part of this and uh i i love doing it now in fact i i wish i had figured this out earlier this is the way i feel about it I, I this game i've been playing for 10 years and uh i still learn new things constantly all the mm -hmm. time um and, and the game is constantly changing and 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 producing new meta and 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 new challenges and i i i also play on on two different servers so i play on connery and emerald and, ah. the, and the way that different factions play the map on emerald and connery is very different and so like even on a very high level uh, the game is different depending on which server you play on how would you characterize that difference oh i mean uh, participating in command chat, I think, is the best way to break it down. Command chat on Connery uh, for Vanu is very strategic and less chatty, huh. for okay. example, uh, mm -hmm. but very minimal, and it doesn't always happen. When it happens, it's like Christmas, and next thing you know, the entire map is getting streamrolled. And so, even though you know you're sitting at 28% pop playing Vanu on Connery, um, you're still beating back a double team from TR and NC simultaneously. It's kind of a bizarre experience to go through. Huh, when you maybe. go and you play NC on Emerald, for example, everything is um, is quite chaotic. <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of chatter going on um, all the time. Well, to be fair, I haven't played there in about a year. I haven't played uh -huh. my NC Emerald character in about a year. But at that time, everything was really chaotic. and. There's a lot of arguments as to who's going to go where and and uh -huh. and when. Um, yeah, I'm not TR sure what, what Emerald cultural yeah. culture used to be like yeah. like years ago, but nowadays it's it feels like it's like a social melting pot. Like everyone who whose yeah. own server isn't enough, and they want to connect with more people, play more planet side. Emerald is like the next place most people go. And there's uh, there's there's always some good humor going on too. I have to say, right? Emerald right? is way funnier. Than, than Connery. Sorry, my Connery peeps, but Emerald's I, got the jokes. Yeah, yeah, like it's it, it's more of a meme culture, and Con but Connery has a different feel to it to me too. Like I, I kind of abandoned Connery back in like 2018, 19. 
um, just because I wanted to see what else was out there. I, I, I live on the West okay. Coast, so I rolled on a West Coast server. It makes sense, right? Um, makes sense, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, Connery, like, especially during the Outfit Wars I and talking to the, the Outfit Leads, you can really feel the difference in the way that that people approach the game on, on Connery versus Emerald. Uh, Connery, it feels like, like it's almost, there's a little bit more of a throwback to like outfit culture, outfit loyalty. They feel a little bit more old school in that regard where like it, there's sort of honor. There's an honor between Connery outfits that I think the bubble popped on in, in Emerald a long time ago. I, yeah, I, I bounce around between them depending on, um, uh, what time of day I'm playing more mm -hmm. often. Yeah. So there's periods of time there where um, I was working for a company that was on the East Coast, and so I got mm -hmm. off work really early. And so my I also had to go to bed earlier, which meant that I wanted to play on Emerald more often. I hate working East Coast hours from the West Coast, man. I've, I've <laughs> yeah. That. It is so... Um, yeah. Not, not a fan. Go on. Uh, I'm West Coast myself. So mm. uh, and then when I would work on, on West Coast hours, you know, now I, now I come back and I can play on Connery for... And uh, it's been like that. I've been on Connery main for the last year. Mm. You, yeah. you prefer Connery? Yeah. I am. Um, most of my friends are on Connery. Yeah, that matters. <laughs> that matters. It does. Um, well, most of my friends are East Coast time zone because that's when we would play mostly. Right. Uh, which is a big so thing. So playing also earlier in, in the evening for us West Coasters. Yeah, so like um, Pacific time, 7 p.m. kind of start, go tell about 11 midnight sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the time time zone that I would play. But then if you go over to Emerald, you're getting later night type at that same time frame. Mm -hmm. uh, no one was ever on Miller when I wanted to play. Mm -hmm. So I haven't really played that Miller very often. Right. I, don't, I don't really know much. Uh, I, although I have to say, I didn't have any problem finding people who spoke English over on Miller. Huh. Seems pretty pretty popular. Cool. Yeah. I, the whole European ser uh, servers for uh, plants that are a total mystery to me. Like I, I know people play there. Um, I see their office play outfit wars, but I, I'm, I have never played there. And I don't know. I'm glad the plant side happens there. I'll say that. So speaking of friends, I made a friend yeah. in Planetside. Uh, he was running along one day, um, trying to get to a mine. It was just just after the continent closed and wanted to run to the mine to just finish off his, his mission, right? Okay. And he was in a max, and he didn't want to pull it or re respawn because his continent's locked. Uh -huh. And I was flying along in a Velp and decided just randomly swing down pick up this random max and carry off and we finished it ended up making friends and this was in uh march of 2020 you know COVID had just hit i just started playing the game a little bit more often because couldn't go to the pub and wouldn't you know it he had just started playing the game because he couldn't go to the pub <laughs> hang out be social so we, we we turned Planetside into the the night at the pub, and we would go and we would hang out, and we would bring some friends with us, and uh, we ended up making with making friends with his crew, and his crew ended up making friends with our crew, and 
that has been a real positive influence. Uh, uh, making friends usually is, right? So cheaper than going really to the pub, too. Story. Yeah, way cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> Plus you're home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is which is you know 180 degrees opposite of how I started playing Plant Side in the first place because huh. you know 10 years ago my son was uh, one year old. Mm-hmm. having some medical challenges at the time oh. and we were trying to uh really focus on his care and uh it meant one of us had to be home all the time so right. you no know, babysitter um you know grandma volunteered but it's kind of it was kind of a lot to manage and sure. so we like no don't worry about it uh we'll take care of it and so um i'd be home playing the game quite a bit just because it, it made more sense to to stay home and play video game than to go out and play sports or to uh, participate in theater or uh, yeah. coaching those yeah. kinds of things. And uh, you know he's all good now. He's totally fine. Bounced around. He's eleven. It's great. It's cool man. The reason why I sometimes have to <laughs> run away and and drop, um, which uh-huh. is another reason why I don't really play this game very competitively, is because sometimes I just have to drop everything and run. Yeah. Family's priority, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I do, I do love this game, and uh, I love the content that you create for it. By the way, thank you very thank much you, for all your effort putting this stuff together and putting these shows together. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It just blows me away what people are capable of doing hmm. in this game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's my great pleasure to to engage with this community and in this game in this way. And uh, I'm also insanely grateful to all the other creators out there who are doing the same and continue raising the bar on what we do and inspire me. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at your subscribers. You're at 932. That looks right. Yeah. Right. 68. You need you need 68 more. I... I'm sure there's somebody out there who's watching this who could subscribe, right? <laughs> like... Eight. Y'all heard? Can we get man. you over 1K? Y'all heard the man. Like, Th- like, throw me subs. See what happens. Do you, do you do you get a little tiny tiny little keychain from YouTube for hitting 1,000? Like I think that the 1,000 milestone is when I become eligible for monetization. Ah, 68 people come on. But I mean, with the level of 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 like the level that I'm at, like I mean, we're talking pennies. I think so. It's more of like uh like a notch in the in the belt kind of thing than a, a practical benefit i think you know I, I, my my nephew is uh he's a youtuber okay um, he's i think he's over 10k maybe at 20k now nice. uh he's been doing a lot of stuff with he video do? games yeah he, uh he he does uh, he focuses a lot on portal and uh, doing oh. some really high quality breakdown on on the design and of, of Portal. I think that's his most popular video, anyways. Cool. Um, I love he's it. really a link to his yeah. stuff. Yeah, sure. Curious. And he he hovered just under a thousand for about a year and a half, two years, or something like that. And then once he broke a thousand, things kind of went crazy for him. And he now makes more doing his YouTube than I did working part time for a fast food restaurant when i was nice. his age nice you know nice job nephew nice job yeah. red seven nephew 
Hell exactly. yeah. I've, I've heard stories like that too, where like, you know, it, it takes years to be an overnight success on YouTube, you know, and you never know when, <laughs> when things are going to yeah. take off. So I'm, I'm not even stressing it, man. But, uh, you know, I, I always put a smile on my face when that subscriber number goes up. So right on, right on. Well, I'm subscribed. I have been for a while now. And as soon as you hit 1000, I'm sure we get to support you. Right. So I'm looking forward to that day happening. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm planning to do a, a Q and a when I hit a thousand. So, uh, anyone's, you know, around right. in, in that distant time, then, uh, I mean, I'm an open book anyway. I'm easy to get a hold of, but it'll be a fun moment, I think. You still uh, job hunting? What are you looking for? I am, actually. Uh, well, if anyone here happens to have work at a technology company with a solutions team, I am nope. a solutions architect by trade. Ooh. Pre-sales and post-sales, implementations, etc. So if anyone has a, a line on something... Uh, you know, I'm easy to find. Discord, wherever. I'll I'll set my ear down to the railroad tracks and see if I can hear something coming for you. Okay, man. That's that's legit. I really appreciate that. Right on. Thanks for having okay. me on. My great pleasure, Red Seven. You take it easy. Have a good night. You too. Last but not least, of this conversation with the Unity crew that includes Ray News, Identity, and Zach. The early part of this conversation focuses around Zach. He's an up-and-coming leader with Unity, and Ray News and the, the crew offer their thoughts about how important it is to allow fresh blood to take some responsibility and what the challenges of that look like. And on the other side of it, what it looks like to be someone who's been in the game for a long time trying to lead a community and how difficult that can be. Plantside's been around for a long time, and the people that have been playing it have been in it for a long time. And it's rare for people to stick together for that long. And we had a long conversation all about that. Um, the folks from Unity are always quite thoughtful in my experience. This can be seen in a lot of ways as a continuation from post-game interviews I've had with them after their Outfit Wars matches. I can't point to one specifically, but if you find yourself very curious and enjoying the way this conversation goes, I would highly suggest you look back to some of those old Outfit Wars VODs on my channel where I covered Unity games. I had the pleasure of speaking with the Unity folks afterwards. Um, always enjoyable talking to these guys, and I'm thankful they were able to show up and help us celebrate the 10-year anniversary. So uh, with that long introduction, I hope you enjoy, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast in general. Thanks, folks. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hi there. How's it going? Uh... It's going really good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah? What's good about it? You want to go or me? You go first, Zach. You're the you're young, right, right. young and up and coming. Um, I just ran a Jaeger scrim uh, that went pretty well. And then uh, we ran pickups with some guys in a different team and got thanksgiving coming up i'm going home um so i'm pretty excited about that uh third and outfit wars i'm happy about that mm -hmm. so i don't know things are pretty good nice 
What about you, Ray News? How you been? Uh, good. Um, work, training. Um, I do tactical firearm instructing and then uh, doing some other schooling stuff on the side. And then, yeah, Outfit Wars is a good time. That was a really good little bring together for the community and all the people that we have that are spread to the wind, usually. How have things been since Outfit Wars for y'all? On planet side, or...? I mean, the so the the prompt for this this Colin podcast is telling us your your planet side stories and from if you've been listening that 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 can mean pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of an open prompt. Um, you guys wanted to come in together. So is there something that y'all together wanted to to share, or um, how do you want to do it? Uh, my intent here is to bring Zach into the community eye with okay. a little bit of unity backing and um as far as post outfit wars for our outfit i mean it's been pretty dead honestly it's been like uh-huh. one one of our community members said it best it's like outfit wars was so good of an experience that topping that and regular planet side is not possible uh, like after that that's sad man yeah because you go into live and then you have your different gripes and groups and politics and whatnot and we came out of that that third place, and that was like, like that, that we say third place, but that was like probably like the most fun I've had in a tournament in a long time. There's ups and downs. We had all the different flavors, and everyone was like on it or off of it, and rotating in and out. It's the constant struggle of trying to field the team, and yeah. We finally get that lat like down to the last minute for month a month and a half. Yeah, y'all had an amazing finish. I so enjoyed covering y'all's matches, and I also really enjoyed our our after action conversations. You always had something interesting to share. I feel like. Well, thank you, and yeah, we appreciate you hosting and and talking to the community and everything. But um, yeah, I wanted to get out here and. Zach is right now, he's kind of pushing a lot of activity in, in different um, sub-communities and planet side and like trying to pull our guys together on occasion. And really it's about like supporting the people who are active and then kind of throwing the influence behind them and trying to get bigger things going when they need people. Got it. So sort of yeah. uh, keeping things in the ready while 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 we're in a quiet period. Yeah. So, um, and if the, pro- Zach, if the point of this, oh, yeah, yeah, well, I, I want to turn it over to Zach. This is Zach's coming out party, which, by the way, I'm so Whoa. Whoa. privileged <laughs> to be a part of. Uh, Zach, <laughs> tell us about yourself. How do you, how did you come to Planet Side and how did you find yourself in this, uh, this position? Um, so the first time I ever heard of Planet Side was when I was. 11 or 12 um so like 2012 mm-hmm. um and i saw i used to like watch angry joe when i was a little kid and oh. he reviewed it and i was like mm-hmm. holy shit dude angry joe's amazing. reviews back in the day oh they were fine yes <laughs> yes but i saw that i was like oh my god that looks awesome so i downloaded it but i'm on like like a, a very shitty computer like hooked up to my family's like tv in the living room oh, and no. i'm getting like 12 fps oh 
And uh, so that was, and I, I didn't, I didn't really understand. Like I was 11, I was like, "Why isn't this shit working? This game's broken." I didn't understand that my PC just like sucked. Um, and so I want to say like three, like 2015, like three years later, like uh, I came back, and from there I played with like Pale Tiger. Like uh, I don't remember what his outfit was at the time. But that's just like I don't know. Like I sucked at the game, and it was the open platoon. So yeah, and I know like Pale Tiger gets a lot of shit, and he said a lot of controversial stuff. But you know, it's it's it can be fun running with like a an open open platoon Zerg, especially when you don't know what you're doing. I had that experience. I think I'll walk on the wild side with the the war pigs at that time before they swapped oh, over to Vanu. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they have they've had different you know variations of their outfit. Maybe they were space pigs. I don't know. I know I remember the pale tiger corrected me, and I'm like, okay, man, it's it's your <laughs> outfit, whatever you want to call him. Um, but yeah, like he is this incredibly divisive figure who has had some wild shit. I was literally talking to Arrow from AOD earlier tonight about pale tiger's accusation that AOD asks for members' credit card numbers in order to become full members of their. Uh, <laughs> of their group and of course arrow's like what of course not it's just like a forum you sign up <laughs> you know yeah. but uh but pale does provide something real and maybe needed for this game to new players where they his his personality hooks people in and it's not all bad by any stretch and you obviously yeah. had a you know that better than anybody yeah from there I've played off and on. Um, I've got a bad habit of, like, becoming addicted to a game and then, like, playing it for 10 hours a day for, like, six months and getting uh -huh. really burnt out. Yep. And I did that... I've done that, like, three times with Planet Side. So I did that, like, back in 2015, and then I came back in 2017 mm -hmm. and then burnt out again, came back in 2019, and... Um, I started playing with Soul X, like kind of towards the end into, of Soul X's life. In, into 2019, do you usually come back to stuff that you burn out on, or is there something special about Planet Side that keeps bringing you back? Usually, I don't come back. To be honest, like uh -huh. most games, uh -huh. I played WoW for a while, burnt out of that, haven't gone back. Um, yeah, all sorts of games. But Planet Side's been the only one where I've really like come back multiple times, and I've I think I've learned moderation, uh, especially like in the past couple of years, I I've kind of broken out of that cycle. Okay. Um, but yeah, Planet Side is definitely a, a special one because there yeah. really is no other replacement for this game. It's very true. Very true. I think you'll find a sympathetic audience to that sentiment here. Yeah. <laughs> so, g g please continue with uh, the tale you were spinning. Yeah. Um, 2019, I came back and started... Well, I remember when I was... Like, when I first started playing, like, 2015, I remember, like, seeing Soul X, and I was like, damn, these guys are on the kill board. They're calving bases. Um, their their outfit icon is <laughs> These so guys iconic cool. too. I yeah. know it is. This is it 2019, right? 2015, 2015 oh, when yeah. I first started playing. Uh... And 
so what am I? Seven years ago. So I'm like 14 and I see these people and they're kicking ass and I'm like, damn, I want to be a part of that. So I apply and I get rejected, of course. And I also applied to like Merck and 56 and they all rejected me. Uh, um, <laughs> and so when I like in 2019, I see they're still up and like I just joined the team speak to start playing with them. And so I just ran with them for a couple months and eventually um identity invited me and so i joined right kind of i was only in solex for a couple months before they uh combined with uh 56 and mm -hmm. dread and now it's unity yeah. and i was i know yeah it was definitely a good thing like in hindsight knowing like uh all of those outfits were you know struggling a little bit and it was definitely a good idea to unite, but at the time, like I was like kind of disappointed. I was like, "Oh wow, I just got into Solex, and now we got to change names." And like, <laughs> <laughs> so well, yeah. it was stupid and like petty, but you know, when you want to be a part of something for a long time, and then you there's... finally get in, and it's taken away. And there, there's I'm also sorry. something special That's about really interesting. like <laughs> about when you're like sort of just coming up and getting to know a community, and like some tag jumps out at you, you know, like you. That that tag becomes like it goes up on a pedestal that maybe it doesn't even deserve to be on because you're still coming to grips with the game and the community. Like I definitely feel like felt like I had that experience in Planet Side. Yeah, and I definitely wasn't the only one that was pretty strongly attached to the tag. Like mm. I remember going back and looking in the Solex Discord, and like one of the members was like, uh. Renus is like, oh, we're in Unity now, you know, just swap over, get the new tag. And he was like, uh, how about I just stop playing? Because <laughs> oh. he didn't want to do it. Yeah, and he did it. Well. He still plays, and he's in Unity now, but... Empty threats. I, mm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can tell there were a lot of people that felt the same way. Yeah. We, we people put were so proud of time it. and effort into that. Yeah. So after the merge... I once again kind of stopped playing. Mm. Um, and, but not for as long. Like, it wasn't like a, a couple year gap. Like, I would still play off and on. And then I'd like to say I start, this became like my main game again, probably in the past year, like beginning of 2022. And uh, that's when I found out about Jaeger. And I'm a competitive person. I like uh -huh. to take things seriously. Mm -hmm. So naturally, I start playing in the Planetside Open games, which I don't know if you if you know what they are, but it's mm -hmm. like a matchmaking system, and then you just like queue in, and then you play a match on Jaeger six v six. It's a cool system. Which is extremely cool, by the way. Yeah, and of course, I miss like the golden age. Now, like you're lucky to get a match like every other day but like uh -huh. in 2021 there would be like three lobbies going at once but yeah i think that these things so, go in cycles i imagine there'll be a wave of interest at some point in the future yeah. i hope so anyway and of course i get my shit kicked in for like two months um i created a team called lost in translation mm. and that's with also with identity, there's there's a couple Unity guys in there, and then the majority of the members are are from all over. I just posted ads everywhere. 
Um, mm-hmm. We play in uh, a scrim league that's run by Menace, who is uh, a recursion guy. Mm, yeah, of course. And and yeah, I mean that's it. That's that's up to now. Cool. <clears throat> Are you? Uh... It's interesting to hear that perspective with, um, like, as a community member, when you're thinking about, like, building communities and bringing people together and then, like, generating activity and making a name. And, like, that's one of the, a a player comes in for a certain life cycle of the community and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Like, their journey is totally different than what like I've been doing for years or other people have been doing or different kind of personalities that come and go or people who generate like periods of influence or they're kind of like a star of the community and then they disappear or maybe they just migrate somewhere else. But it's interesting to hear that because I I didn't, I knew he came from Solex and I knew a little bit of the background of it, but hearing the, the brief history that it's been and then how much of a change it was just for him to jump into Solex and then to go to Unity and then in the back of my head, I'm like, man, there's so much there's so much that happened in Solex, and there's so much that happened in the merge for Unity, and then all the crap around it, and all the people and the, and the different issues to figure out. And it's just like, yeah, I was in Solex, yeah, n- yeah, now Unity, and yeah, now I'm playing competitively. Yeah, sure. I mean, competitive, competitive planet side is kind of a meme, but it's Let's definitely Let's talk about fun. that, actually, about competitive planet side. Um... It's a scene that I'm not as connected with. And uh, so you said that you, your team is called Lost in Translation, right? Is it that is, still a yeah. thing? Is my team? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, at the beginning, I talked about how I just got finished with a scrim against yeah, right. uh, Bullet right. Catchers of Connery. Yep, we're still a thing. Can you walk me through how what, what it looks like to create a team like that and how you, how you maintain it? Um, I'm interested because... 20 years ago, I played a game called Team Fortress Classic, where I actually ran a clan for three years that didn't field six people, but nine people for that game. Mm. And it, it seems like there might be sort of parallel, because th- that was an entirely community-run game. We, we ran our own tournaments, we set up our own servers, kind of parallel to what it is with Jaeger. So I, I'm curious to hear your experience of what it's like to put that team together and, you know, uh, keep people playing in competitive. Yeah, well... It's, it's very, all right, it's, I don't want to say it's difficult to start a team when, well, all right, it's difficult to start a team when you have no connections, like Uh going in and then like the only thing people know you for is getting like shit on in like open games, Mm -hmm. like saying you're creating a team, nobody wants to join that team, okay? Who the hell are you? So, yeah, yeah, they're like, this guy sucks, I don't know who he (laughs) is, and he's creating a team, I'm not going to play with him, but... I had a couple people going in from Unity, and so that was, you know, it, it was a good starting spot. And then I picked up um, this one player's name is Ice, and nobody would put him on the uh, their team because, like, he's, like, 16, and <laughs> uh, as of, like, a year ago, he had, like, still had, like, a little bit of a squeaky voice. And I remember uh-huh. when I picked him up, Menace was, like, that is the one player you should not play with. <laughs> oh, and I was no. like, well, I need people, so... Ice getting assassinated, okay. okay. Yeah, 
<laughs> but I didn't kick him out, and I liked him, and he plays really well. Cool. You so, gotta give people a chance. You gotta let them grow. <laughs> you really gotta. And so he's a stable member. Um, and then, you know, as you start playing a little more and make a decent name for yourself, I think ISL, the Infantry Scrum League, the, the Menace thing, mm-hmm. uh, was good because... You know, that's a consistent way. Yeah, I don't have to, like, go out and look for scrims anymore. Like, there's... He seeds us in, and then every week you have a match, and then you go up in a bracket if you win, down in a bracket if you lose, and so you always have a match. Mm -hmm. And that was also a good way to show that uh, we were relatively capable. Like, we were playing decent... Like, we started middle middle seed, and we were winning our matches. Like, uh, well, when we would go up against, like, the top seed teams we would usually lose but um it it was you were holding your weight though yeah we were i mean we're a mid team we're not like one of the top tier teams but that was good for um i I guess publicity and then recently um i've gained just a few more people like trial players and it, it becomes a lot easier to find people to play with now that I have some somewhat of a reputation. Mm-hmm. Like, they either know me from North American pickups, which happen, like, every Saturday, or they play with me in POG, or they're in the ISL, and they've mm-hmm. seen that our team's decent. Um, Sounds like you're anybody... very active. Like, you're just... You're really out there, man. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I I do queue up for Pog every single day, and I tried. I'm we stopped scrimming during Outfit Wars, and the Menace yeah. League had also stopped during that, and it's about to start back up again. Mm. And so, in preparation, we've started our scrims again. How um, often do you scrim? Um, before Outfit Wars, we were trying to get one or two in a week. Okay, and now I'm hoping to get one a week until the scrim league starts up again. Oh. Uh, and then that is one a week. Man, this takes me back so far to my Team Fortress Classic days. I remember we had uh, a clan that we always scrimmed against. They were called the Dark Angels. Nice. And sorry, I, I'm just boomer reminiscing like a crazy person <laughs> over here. Is that a precursor to Team Fortress 2? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Team oh. Fortress Classic was the game between the original Quake Team Fortress and Team Fortress 2 that came out in 2007. Um, nice. Yeah, it it, it was it, at at the time it was sort of the little brother of Counter Strike because it came out around the same time, both Half Life mods. But of course, Counter Strike just grew like crazy, has yeah. a massive competitive scene even today. But uh, yeah, it was it was a unique game and it was special to me because I ran a clan of guys for three years, uh, mm-hmm. and we were also middle tier tried to punch above our weight as much as possible. The thing I would always do was I always I would always try to get us in, in the top division, even if we weren't as good as the teams there, because I just didn't want us beating up on 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 low teams because I thought that was pretty I thought that kind of sucked. I thought it was a bad reason to organize and come together and play. You don't get better beating up on peace, people worse than you. Gotta right. play people better. Right. But uh, I also remember a time in that game where the game got mature enough and the competitive scene had drifted enough where basically everyone stopped practicing and scrimming. And it was just people showing up and playing playing matches. I think that it, got, it aged to that point. 
But at that at that time when I was doing that, the, that game was four, three or four years old, and Planetside's going on ten years old, and people are still queuing up for infantry showdowns on Jaeger. Um, yeah, that is surprising in a very good way to me. Jaeger's kind of its own like sustained thing. It really is. There's, there's very, yeah. The players that still play on there, most of them are like very well known, and um, yeah. There's and it's it's funny in Pogs. There's always like a few people that every single time our first pick, like it's like this person is yeah. very well yeah. known for being good. Yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine. I can imagine. I mean, it's the same way back in my day, Team Fortress Classic. Um, yeah. So, but are these are these uh are 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 are, are these pogs getting casted somewhere? No, they're not casted. There are oh. tournaments that get casted. Uh huh. But um, the open games are just you join the Discord, anybody can enter the queue, and then you just play. It's like a very casual. It's like it's like playing competitive it's a in CS:GO. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's a pickup game. It. Okay. Cool. And Zach, now what is what is your role within Unity now? Um I became an officer during Outfit Wars for mm -hmm. kind of a funny reason. Uh hmm. I was squad leading and like assistant squad leading. Um like it would, you know, some app some uh, matches I would squad lead, some I would assist in squad lead, and that's mm -hmm. with the guy that uh, runs my scrim team with me. And oh. then there's, like, in our Discord, there's, like, channels that are, um, like, only for officers and above, and, like, the guy who runs the scrim team with me is an officer. Well, he, like, helped create Unity. So, mm -hmm. um, like, he's a co-leader. Yeah, and one of the OGs. he wanted to, like, add me to the channel, but one of the other like executive officers was like, "Well, this channel's for officers only," and he's like, "Okay." And then somebody said, "Well, let's just make him an officer then," and they voted on it and made me an officer. So now I, I kind of lead like I'll lead squads sometimes, but I wouldn't exactly say I'm like. I mean, I'm nothing like Renus who is very experienced in leading and also i mean yeah i'm just like a low-level officer okay i'm just around right news how would how would you describe yourself. zach's role it, it's kind of like growing like um i mean everyone has a different rank structure whatnot um our, our uh -huh. veteran operatives are the player base the guys are like the salty old dudes who know how to play the game and have all the certs you know yeah, and the officer guys are usually the interested parties, like the people who want to do something in some mm -hmm. way, and that mm -hmm. could be administratively, or it can be in scrims or events or other games, whatnot. Yeah, and at that stage, we are like, hey, you, you, you lead people, um, you want to do things, you have the drive, and then we kind of assess the personality and like, hey, they're not a bad dude. Like, it's okay to give them a little bit of authority and kind of expose them to the more serious stuff in the in the higher channels. What's your assessment and of Zach? Oh God! <laughs> He's uh, got to think about this one. Uh, <laughs> <He's> a, oh. 
so a lot of my information on Zach comes from other leaders mm. and their associations with him. And then our working period during outfit wars and during outfit wars, he was not scheduled to be a squad leader. Like we had our squad leaders all set up and everything. And he was like kind of ASL and he wasn't really sure, but he was interested. And I knew he assistant squad leader. Sorry. Okay. Got it. So we have two roles for leadership. The ASL kind of backseat leads a little bit, supports the primary leadership. And then the yeah, squad leader it. makes the final calls. Um, and so I was like, okay, cool. He's, he's driven. He knows what he's doing and he wants to do well. Like you can kind of see that he wants to do well. He wants to go farther. And at that point, you kind of either got to back it up or they're going to go somewhere else. So mm -hmm. I'm like, and Zach doesn't seem like an asshole. And he seems like he's doing well. And he's responsive to, like, leadership that's not, like, so much keyed into the game. But they're, like, bought into the community. And they mm -hmm. recognize, like, what needs to happen for, like, a kind of, like, a healthy direction you should head in. And whether or not people listen is kind of up to them. But he seemed receptive. So I'm like, fuck it. Like, Zach seems like a good guy. He's making decent calls. He's not like an abrasive personality and he's not going to create like a, an issue in the community if we give him power. And mm -hmm. it's like this next leg up to like being executive or maybe even voted as a lead. Mm -hmm. And then once you get that far, it's kind of like one of our leaders steps down. So like right now, the closest person to Zach is identity. And then mm -hmm. I would say uh, the other leader would be me. All the other leaders that we have, which is like three or four, they don't know anything about Zach. Mm. So we're me, well, identity primarily, and then me, and then Zach and the people he works with are interested in his trajectory. Like, where is he going? Is it going to be a short-term burnout like Zach might do? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like, is he going to stick around for a while and start recognizing, like, community values? Like, hey, what do I need to do to keep these people around? What do I need to do? Yeah. Well, that young I buck see, energy like mature into a magnificent old stag. Yeah. So it's like you see a lot of potential. It's like, is he going to get a deeper voice? Is he going to grow a beard? Is oh, that, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> is he going to have some war scars? Is, what, what, are his, what are his stories going to be? Like, that's, that's, you see the potential in somebody and you want to help them. And you don't want to help them by saying, hey, I'm going to help you. Like, because you don't want to take credit for them either. You want to be like, hey, this, yeah. let's work. You give them a ch an opportunity. That's how you do it. Yeah. And you support them if they need it. Yeah. That's, he's, he's one of the dudes we've got to take a risk on. And honestly, I don't think it's a super big risk. And I, and he's one of the handful that we get a year, like a small handful. Like Yeah. And, 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 and in a game like this, like having, having someone who's willing to step up and help organize people and do more is so precious. It's, it's what keeps these communities ticking along, not just yours, but all the other ones out there. Zacks of planet side too. And th this is like a developmental thing too. Like you can, you can go deep with this and I don't want to get personal, but you get time under your belt, you get the experience and you get the, the surety to act, whatever you want to call that. Mm -hmm. And then Confidence. Uh, it happens like more things happen or depending on what he's interested in, uh, you know, that, um, some of you brought up Renews is that question of keeping people interested. And that's, I'm learning how much of a, how, that much, it can be a nightmare, like huh. getting people interested, making sure people still want to play. Like you, you like uh, schedule a scrim and then like six people, like you have to have six people. I mean, otherwise you just can't play. 
Um, and then like people will say they'll come and then they'll cancel like 30 minutes before or they won't show up at all or they won't respond or they won't RSVP at all. And it's it's hard like staying in touch with people like that. And I've I've tried to become closer with uh, the people I scrim with because I want them to like like me. That's like his downstairs. Look his downstairs. Oh yeah, it's identity. He asked for the invite to the Deke Discord. All right, you want to pull him in? Yeah, just talk shit about him. Let's talk shit. Let's talk shit. Oh god. (laughs) Well, all right. Identity is the most guilty. Like I'll message him on Discord, and then he just won't respond for like three days. Oh. He just fucking ignores it. Oh, the slander. That's my only gripe with him. (laughs) All right, we're gonna let him defend himself. Here he comes. (laughs) Identity, you're live on the cast. Is this true that you that you go dark for three days when when Zach tries to chase you down? You know it's true. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hey. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. How's the weather? Uh, a little cold. It's pretty cold. Yeah. Yeah, how do you feel about cold weather? <laughs> you know, I grew up in Southern California, and I moved mm. to the Northwest, so I've learned. Uh, I've learned I'm not used to the cold. <laughs> Definitely this... questioning some choices I've made. The Northwest cold ain't that bad, even. I'm a I'm a New yeah, England transplant living in Seattle, and uh, it ain't that bad, man. Yeah, it could be worse. Yeah, so um, on non-weather-based topics, Planet Site 2, leadership, development, identity. Identity, introduce yourself. Yeah. Uh, I think right before I joined when I was listening to the stream, it sounds like I've been identified <laughs> as the most aloof member of <laughs> the Unity community, and I would definitely agree with that. You know, I actually... Like Zach, we've never talked about this, but I also found Planet Side through uh, the Angry Joe reviews. Oh, yes. And I'm only, you know, I'm only a couple old, like maybe a couple years older than Zach. So I think he's I ancient. Was like 13 <laughs> or 14. And I had never, you know, I was like a Halo gamer on Xbox, you know, from six years old, seven years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, man, I need to play that game. So I also tried to use our family's old ass Dell pre-constructed PC from Best Beautiful. Buy. Beautiful. And I joined a fight, got like two frames and was like, oh. man, this is unplayable. I knew it was my computer. That was the problem though. Um, and so from then on, I, I was determined to figure out how to a get the money and to get the know-how to put a computer together and then figured that out and, and played planet side. I'm probably like 30 frames all the way up until up until Solex really for most of that. It wasn't until like four or five years in the planet side that I, I got a you know, like I'm like Zach where I, I like to be really competitive in planet side. I take it mm-hmm. pretty seriously as a shooter. And, and back in the day, the one of the first infantry competitive events uh, was created by future crew and uh and we played in that and, and i kind of was kind of in zach's role of trying to get a team together 
get is it, it farmers get it going. League? Yep, it was Farmers League. Oh. So I played in the original Farmers League, not for too many matches though, because again, I was like, my computer shit, I'm not good enough. Which I, team? I sat most of it out. Solex. Solex yeah, we did team. Farmers. Right. Okay. Yeah. I remember watching Farmers League matches at work on my second monitor when I, when I, when, I, when I first was getting into Planetside too. Man. We we there. used rockets and it pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> Rocket primary? How dare you? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Anyway, continue identity, please. Yeah. So we you know, and I don't know if anyone knows the if Renews has talked about the Solex origin stories, but most of the pretty much all the original Solex members are actually from XPIV on hmm. Connery. Um, so that's how I met Renews, and we had a couple other leaders who aren't around so much anymore, but that is how Solex started. What was so, XPIV? The they Stanford were just company? kind of a Connery TR Zerg fit, you know, like mm. oh, that was back when open platoons were more of a thing and like mm. open platoon outfits were more of a thing. Um, not like when Zach came back to the game and there was really only pigs around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I've been playing Planetside for 10 years at this point. Uh, maybe maybe nine or eight. Um, and I am the other the other kind of guy with Zach that where we're, we're again, I get to again relive that Planetside competitive scene, which I also thought was dead up until actually Zach kind of brought it to my attention more. I, I was pretty, pretty unaware that there was like pog matches and this whole thing, which made me really excited because my most fun in this game has been in those kind of closed off formats. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm really happy that at this point in the game, uh, these things are still possible and, and happening. And there's definitely a whole whole other side of the community that will just literally play uh in pogs and not play live server <laughs> mm -hmm. i think it's really cool that those players have access to that because y'all couldn't verify this but my impression is that if if pogs and if if jaeger wasn't a thing these people just wouldn't be part of the community at all they wouldn't be playing live they just wouldn't be here i think i, I think that's that. fair it gives a home too to some of those. Uh, someone you were talking to before was mentioning that they kind of didn't take the outfit thing too seriously and were more right all over the place, willing to play with anyone. And and I think there's there's a home for those types of people. That was scorch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's home for those types of people in the Jaeger community. They definitely mm -hmm. exist. That's I think cool. Outfit identity communities are incredibly important. Yeah, I, I didn't. I have a different perspective on that. Tell us more. Yeah. Well, you have a gentleman in here, two gentlemen, me and Identity, just as an example. We've been playing this game on and off together for 10 years. 10 years. 10 and, years. And, and, and like, we, we don't play other games regularly together. We don't like hang out buddy, buddy all the time. And, like we know each other and we've exchanged contact information, but it's like, we're not super close, but we always come back together to help our community. Mm -hmm. 
and those are the consistent players and then you get like a few from every little sect within the community like there's one dude that people like hang out with they congregate around him same thing somewhere else same thing somewhere else like there's just little groups that can form but then in the end when it's like hey put the call out we're gonna go do something as a group and we all kind of feel the same way in the community like we have like a, a general standard of behavior and, and performance and then you you're able to get that 60 man crew together and go whoop ass essentially mm-hmm. you like that you don't get that being alone you can try to be part of it but you're not going to get like that whole like the lore of it the whole struggle behind the life cycle the like in and the out the the growth or the or the shrinkage haha <laughs> you know what i mean like you're not going to be able to struggle through all that <laughs> we all struggle with shrinkage and, um, and if you're not you're not you're not buying into a group and you're not buying into like why you should play or like having that community aspect then you're kind of just floating and that's fine but it, yeah. it doesn't give you like a lot of longevity uh, of like like a lot of trust like you're just kind of like i'm gonna come and play for fun for me i'm not gonna come and play for my people and like be there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then see them achieve and see us achieve you know Rains, when I hear you talk about that, I can't help but feel like I'm looking into the window of some family having a feast on Christmas Eve, and I'm out in the cold looking in from the outside. <laughs> because, and uh, sorry, it, it's not, I don't, mean, I don't mean to be so bleak about it, but everything you just described, I just love the sound of. I do. I do love the sound of that. I used to look for that so much. In Planet Side and any other multiplayer game I played, World of Warcraft, Destiny, you know, all these games. But every time I've tried to invest myself in a community like yours, I have found I whatever it is I'm looking for, it's not actually there. It's not not, not actually there. And that gives me sympathy with the people who don't really attach to a community. And here I am, and I I found a way to channel my, my what I love about Planet Side into something. Uh, not everyone can do podcasts, of course, but I love what you say, but I've never been able to feel the warmth of that fire on my own my own face. It it doesn't happen often. The long term commitment. It's like buying a house. Yeah, I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, back when I used to like play games, like when I was like 13, 14, 15, I was like very guilty of like, I was like afraid to get too close with like people on the internet, like not like actually afraid that they were going to like, I, I don't know, like groom me or something. Cause I was a little kid, but more, <laughs> it, it was just, I, I found it weird. Like I would, you'd start becoming a friend with somebody, but you don't really know them. And, like, you you share, like, all these personal things, but it's, like, you know so many things about them, but at the same time, they're a complete stranger. Right. And I would find myself, like, it, it's fucked up to admit this, but I'd, like, play games with somebody for, like, a year, but then I'd be, like, I'm way too close to this guy, and then I'd just, like, dip. And mm. I've definitely stopped doing that, but you, yeah, you kind of have to put yourself out there, and... This outfit was definitely one of the first times I had, like, fully done that. Like, I'm 
Yeah, I'm comfortable being around these people, and I'd consider quite a few of them like friends. It's a tear to my eye, brother. That's good. What else should be said, gentlemen? What indeed? Identity? You got anything? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I've i actually lied about my identity to all the people in this community for <gasps> years in an attempt to uh, counter any potential doxing efforts. So I think I agree with Zach in terms of not really trusting people on the internet, especially planet-side people. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I think... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's a reason why we're we're still all here. I've, I've known Renews for for a long time, and that's that is in and out of playing, actually being active in Planet Side. You know, um, I mean, I've gotten gone to school in that time, moved states, and all sorts of things. So it is nice to have people that are more of kind of a constant. Um, even if uh, we don't always have a reason to kind of come together. And I think that's why Outfit Wars was uh, so rewarding for like our community in particular, mm -hmm. was just giving us a reason to play like it's 2015 again or 2014 again. Yeah. There is a way that yeah. gamers can know each other that's sort of different, right? Like it... I think Zach, you touched on it. You can exchange really personal information with people, especially when you're in something like this where you don't see each other, but you hear each other. There's something about that. There's a certain intimacy to that. Um, and then you at you layer on the shared experience you have of playing in the game together. Um, it's not the same as you know being a roommate with somebody. It's not the same as. Um, you know, even going to class with somebody, but or being a coworker. But it is something, and the cool thing about the way we're all connected is that, you know, we're only as far away as our PCs from each other, and I think that's super cool and special, especially as communities like this one. I mean, the the broader planet side community. When I say that, age. Um. I heard a perspective from. Uh, was it Strixie? I think it was Strixie just now saying that he's been playing with the same group of people since the 90s and they found Planetside like as their as a after a, a chain of other games that they played together starting in LAN parties in the 90s there's something Before about I was born. <laughs> there's something about <laughs> whippersnapper there's something about what we do here that can be hard to let go of i'm gonna trail off mysteriously on that because i'm not sure where else to go with it <laughs> that's real all right that's like a position of trust too that there's a lot of warm and fuzzy when we say things publicly but there's also a lot of issues that you gotta like address or be comfortable with and 
the people change. Like there's some constants, especially in like small to mid-sized groups. But people change. They the ebb and flow, and they grow and they turn to different people, or they have problems and. Mm-hmm. Like them being able to trust the people who are kind of like charged with keeping the waters clean. That's a challenge for those people to do, but it's like you do that and then they stay. Like, yeah, they might have a problem every once in a while or they might. What kind of problems? Not have any problems. Personal. It, that I mean, like. That's it. It's private. You know, like there's private issues and they're handled. And it comes out in in a community context, like it bubbles up in some way. Oh, yeah. People are people. Like people are imperfect creatures and they're. They really just they put out what they want to put out. And most of the time people aren't considering what they're putting out and how other people are receiving it. Mm -hmm. A lot of us in in games are acting out something, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's good or bad. Like people are navigating that stuff all the time. Like people don't really know. Like leaders are figuring out how to lead. It's a careful balance between salesmanship and skill and organizational skills and like like a leader recognizing that it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be the best person for this particular thing. Like there can be an expert that's not him. Like why is he leading then? Is it for the limelight or is it for the team? And then the same thing goes for the community members. Like, why is that person here? Are they here to satisfy a social urge? Are they are they alone? You know, like, what kind of person is this? And why are they here? What are they taking out of it? What are they getting? And then that comes out in different ways. It could be good. It could be bad. That's, that's kind of like that weird community navigation and just finding those people you trust and sticking with them and knowing that they're, like, a consistent something like person or ethics or totality like do you ever get to a point right news where you ever get to a point this is what happened to me and when i stopped leading a team fortress classic clan all those years ago where the people that you trust and the people who who were there with you at the beginning are faded away enough and you aren't, you don't know the people who are here now well enough to feel connected to it. And you start to feel like, like a distant figure. Is that something that you deal with? Is that something that happens? Leadership in a old game like this? I don't know that I'm a good example of that because I usually check in really regularly. Okay. I, I can't give a good opinion on that. I would say if Identity is interested in speaking on that, I would say him. That's such identity? a beautifully worded question, though. Yeah, that was a really good question. <laughs> Come on, we need an answer. Identity, say something. Uh, that's probably a little bit more relatable to me because I've had so many times where I'll disappear for a year or two or months or something and and pop back in and there have been times where uh, i come back and there's new people and i don't i don't really recognize it or that you can tell the community's changed a bit i think um things have been a lot more stable after the the merger into unity because uh 
we picked up kind of and joined with a couple other groups who also had just uh, you know a couple very stable members so it's been one thing that's been nice about unity is you kind of you kind of know who's around and and what you're going to get um but we definitely had some very questionable people in solex uh near the end uh mm -hmm. and i wasn't around for for some of it um that was probably a bit regrettable um so yeah i can i can definitely feel uh for that sentiment um mm -hmm. another thing that renews reminded me of that i kind of one of the reasons i wanted to join this call to actually share it was just kind of a funny story of just kind of life happening and when outfit wars was ramping up um i was in the middle of a move so i moved to a new place mm -hmm. and i couldn't get internet so that it took me like three weeks a month to get internet so that i missed oh. out on the first couple of matches and i was going to be you know squad leading um there were even times where i i drove to a friend's house brought my computer um and they were they were they were out of town and i could not i couldn't get the internet to work so i missed out on that match too and so oh, no. like frantically telling all the unity people like hey i'm i'm here i'm trying to make it and then not being able to and that's actually zach filled the vacuum that i sort of left so all of the you know times i should have been leading zach picked up black there um so when we were zach zach kind of feeling that role is very much a product of of outfit wars um, oh. and i'm really thankful he's able to do that uh and it all worked out it got to a point where i was back and i was playing but zach had already been kind of doing it for a while so it was kind of awkward there to figure out how we wanted to run the squads but uh but yeah i was literally drove all the way to a friend's place and, and tried to get it working and i just that is tried so hard. a gamer moment right there <laughs> hauling your the carcass of your your desktop computer over to your friend's house they don't feel like carcasses they're so huge i'm looking forward to like when laptops are as powerful as desktops i assume it'll happen at some point but... on that fading away comment yeah on the polar like on the exact opposite of that i would say it's very disheartening for a community to go through so much change or be so influenced by a new character like a super powerful personality like somebody who just demands attention or, or wants so much and kind of pulls the people towards them and creates mm -hmm. that oh there oh. you go his internet died again <laughs> and then uh rip and like you see all your people kind of going away like they're they're leaving they're departing like that is a sad that's a sad thing to see to feel like all these people that you've had around for years that you've kept things going for and like kind of like hey event hey this hey that hey, get together and then all of a sudden there's like a big departing that's sad that's kind of what happened towards the end of solex there before we uh we did the merge we did that and we also had a purge there we had to get rid of a lot of people that were not that we were keeping just to have activity for that's painful yeah so division within the community caused by you know a polarizing figure it doesn't have to have to be that polarizing to have an effect interesting 
Yeah. Okay. Well. That's when you get Zach's and you go scrim, and then you get people who do community things, and you get people who do whatever. Zach, keep the them all together. Of Slack. Keep it all in house. <laughs> Love it, gentlemen. I so enjoyed this conversation. What else needs to be said? Mm. I think it's a good spot to wrap up. Yeah. Cool. It was great talking to you. Uh, I, I wanted to join in on the interviews during Alpha Wars, but I, I never asked and never did. So, yeah, don't be shy. Don't be a stranger now. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> there will be more times come around next time Alpha Wars comes around. And I don't know. Like, I, I kind of had a thought that I'd like to get involved in casting more Jaeger stuff, but uh, we'll see if there's an actual there's... opportunity to do that. There definitely will be. I know a new 10v10 tournament's coming up. Cool. Um, within the next couple months, Infantry Open, uh, which is another tournament organizer, they should do something again. Um, so yeah, there's definitely going to be opportunities if you want to cast your, your stuff. I loved casting Outfit Wars. I especially love if I could cast something that wasn't a, you know, 12 hour a weekend commitment for six weeks in a row. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That stuff is a massive commitment. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll stay tuned for that. Thank you, Renews, Zach, and Departed Identity um, <laughs> for uh, jumping in and sharing, us your with, you, sharing with us your stories. They're really good. All right. Bye bye. Happy Thanks, anniversary, Planet Side. Later, guys. Congratulations. You've made it to the end. If you've made it this far, I want to thank you for spending some of your valuable time with me and the Planetside community. Um, I really, really enjoyed doing this live event. I think it's something that I'll try to do again in some form or fashion. So stay tuned for that. The best way to stay tuned to what I'm up to is to join my Discord. Uh, the link to the link tree will be in the description of this video, and that'll also get you links to Discord, to Twitter, and if you want to, to Patreon, where you can optionally support me and what I do in making podcasts. If not, though, there's no harm done. And I'd love if the main thing you do is just continue to tune in and listen. And if you like, tell me what you think. Um, at the start of this podcast, I encourage you all to share me with me your story. And I love hearing from everybody. I read every comment and they all, I cherish them all. So whatever you want to share, whatever you want to say, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, I think it's about, about all I have to share for today. So um, I will catch you in the next one. Be good to yourselves and be good to each other and take care.